people come to him, that he would have that streak of kindness and consideration in him, that he would come to a school and perform for students. Another one who did that, who, if he found out that high school kids who were fans of his uh-huh. in the 50s, I think it was easy to do 16, I can't have read it in the book, and I, and I talked to him a few times over the years, it's Jerry Vale. Really? Yes. That is so nice to know. Yeah. That is so nice to know. Yeah. And, you know, all of these things come out so, um, they, they should come out more often, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm trying to say. They come out in conversation, and somebody will say, oh, yeah, I remember when. We have had so many wonderful entertainers and personalities who have that kind of of um, qualities within them mm-hmm. that they do these kinds of things. Like Bob Mills, when we talked with Bob Mills, who was one of Bob Hope's writers, said he never walked past someone who wanted an autograph. It did not make any difference what he was doing, where he was going, where he was. If someone wanted an autograph, they got it. Yeah. And I thought that was such a touching story. Yeah. Yep. That he, he cared enough about the people who cared about him. Right. That it, it, it was simply part of who he was to do that. He appreciated them. They appreciated him. And he said, if that's what they wanted, of course I would do that. You know, isn't it fun to know the hobby that we enjoy love, there were so many good people yes. in it that appreciated uh, the blessings. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Shirley Mitchell is one. Mm-hmm. Janet Waldo, you get to talk with so many of these people. And Frank Brzee is another one. Yep. They're, they're just wonderful people. They are, honest to goodness, the kind of people you wish you could have dinner with four times a week. That's right. Because you enjoy who they are and respect who they are. So anyway, um... Yeah, we've had some really pretty nifty experiences. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't play hooky and I didn't miss the bus. <laughs> I was such a good kid. I was so good. Oh, gosh. Well, then I can still see their faces. Oh, I bet. Oh, my gosh. I they're bet. waving and waving and waving, you know. Kids <laughs> on the bus are waving back, you know, just shrugging their shoulders. It's not our bus driver up in the front seat. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. <laughs> You know, what you hear, you read about teachers actually taking the rule and whacking kids on the hands or different things like that. And, you know, time when I was going to school, that was, that was not part of the, uh, the routine, you know. Uh, so I imagine for some kids go, who grew up with that, 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 that's a memory, you know. Um, like, for example, Jim was telling us earlier about... This was never done. I mean, the the teacher taking kids outside, you know, one at a time to tell them if they 
pass or fail. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just got a we just got a uh, you know a card in the yeah. mail, and that's what we got. Yeah. I mean, I'm really, when I said, I wasn't being sassy when I said poor Zimmerman, when they go alphabetically, the person who's at the end of the list is always at the end of the list. Nobody ever start, starts with Z. You know, like, well, we always do it A to Z. Let's do it Z to A this time. Yeah. The kid who's on the end of the alphabet has to sit and sweat for the whole time. Remember the biggest class size you were in in either elementary school? Mm, in elementary school, the biggest was about 50. Yeah, 43 was what I remember for me, so. And in high school, I don't think, I don't think we topped 30, probably 30. Mm-hmm. But in, in elementary school, we, we topped 50 a couple of times. So, and that's a lot of kids to keep track of. Did you have electives in high school? How did they set up your high school program? Um, they had two different programs. They had what they called academic um, for college prep. And they had business, so they, they separated the kids in that way. And we did have a fair amount of latitude in what we chose. It was the basics. You needed two languages. You needed two sciences. You had to have this. But we could choose. It, it was not a big menu like you would get in college. But we did have some choice, except with language. We <laughs> they said you need two languages, and they offered two. <laughs> so, choice on that, and I'm so language challenged, I think. Um, they, they gave me a passing grade just to get me out of the classroom. I remember my uncle, this is my one that went to, became a fourth star general. Um, I think to get into the Naval Academy, I need, you needed Latin. Mm-hmm. And um, he was a small town, you know, in Nebraska. So he took a correspondence course to get his language. In Latin? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Seven one four five four five two oh seven one is our number. Give us a call. Tell us about your school day. Patricia's got trivia. Patricia's so, got trivia yeah. and she thought she stuck Walden. <laughs> she she needs some help. Walden needed to be rescued because I was going to ask him questions. Doom questions. Doom. Walden, you're doomed and he wasn't doomed, so now I need rescuing. So, okay, we've got some sidekicks. Sidekicks, sidekicks. Um, let's see. On a sidekick, let's see. How about, I think I have two. By the way, everybody, look like a good chance I will be on the air tomorrow night. Um, we're going to go down and visit my friend Carrie and her family down in San Diego. And there's a good chance I'll be, be back on. And we're going to feature, um, if I am, we're going to feature some good interviews. Uh, first one will be with Rudy Valley, and then after Dr. Mike, I have a three-hour interview that Bob Wine did with Curly Bradley with comments, and this is great storytelling. Great, great, great storytelling. Hello there. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> they say the word rescue. The word rescue. Yep. Um. Must be, it must trigger. It must trigger the phone. Every time you say the word rescue, the phone tri- the co- person calls. You know. There it is. Well, okay. All right. So nobody has to be rescued. <laughs> if it's just the word or the plea that gets people. Okay, we've got sidekick Portland Hoffa. Portland Hoffa was with which 
star personality type person? John Sullivan. Pardon? John Sullivan. John Sullivan? Mm-hmm. That was the that was his real name. What? And <laughs> yes, my dear. I'm doomed. I'm gonna go home. No. Wait, I am. No. I am home. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> um, some of these I should have crossed off, and I probably did, but I don't know how or why. <laughs> but anyway, that so who Portland Hoffa running mate? <laughs> who is Portland Hoffa? Yeah. Um, I think I asked that one already, and did, did anybody get, or did you get, District Attorney Markham? Can I change the color on that well, one? Did you say that I, out loud last week, or? Well, I, I know the answer. I don't know if anybody called in yet to get, they give it the answer. Nobody has called in yet. Okay, mm -hmm. so let me, let me just mark off. Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Portland Hopper. All right. And just to Markham. My, oh, my, what a Somebody wonderful day. Somebody answered that. Go ahead. 714. my way. Yeah, Zippity go ahead. Zippity day. 714-545-2071 is our number. Right. Now, see, I know. See, I, I have to do some list coordination here because I know somebody got Daddy Warbucks with little Arfanani. So let's go with a dog named Bullet. How about a dog named Sandy? How about a dog named Sandy? Let me add that one to the list. Yeah. A dog it's named Bullet and a dog, dog named Sandy. Sandy. That's good. And then we have... Let's see, any other dogs out there? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we have. Oh, Walt. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to touch it with a fork. Oh, lordy, 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 you are too funny. Oh, that's okay, right. so we've got a dog named Sandy, a dog named Bullet. Mm -hmm. Who was Portland Hoffa? And let's get a couple of really normal questions here. What was Dale Evans' horse's name? Is that good. a good one? That's a good one. That's a good one. And how about... What song did Dale Evans write? What famous song did Dale Evans wrote? Should I should I add that one to the list? Yeah, might as well. What song did Dale Evans write? Okay. What happened 71 years ago yesterday? <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> happened 71 years. Whatever happened on... What's 2010 minus 71? 1939. There we go. Let's try again. Hello there, Carl. Walden Ray Mitchell. Ah, oh, you're awake. Ray Mitchell, hello. How you guys doing? Good. Where did you come from? Alaska or the North Pole? Or? Yeah, I'm up in Wisconsin. Oh, there you are. Well, I'm so glad to hear from you. You've been AWOL. Yeah, I've, I've listened. I've caught you a, a time or two. And, uh, you know, it's always either been, uh... You're not playing golf at night? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Walden, you mentioned that one time, but you can play golf at night. Have you ever done it? I've done it. I've done it two or three times. So you and put, you, so you took a, you took a light bulb. lighted bulbs, yep. uh, balls, mm -hmm. and you wear a necklace, one of those lighted necklaces. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, they put torches, not torches, but candles, yep. in paper bags surrounding the hole. 
It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, I play night golf. <laughs> You're really serious about this, aren't you? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I have done it. So, <laughs> how, uh, what's going on now? Well, 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 we are looking, we are desperately looking for a call, and you called in to save us, so that's what we were doing. Okay, you know what, I just, I came in, I, met, I was making a fire with my grandson and a boyfriend of his, and I just came in, I turned on the computer, and I heard a question about um, Dale Evans' horse. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Can I do that? Sure. Sure. I'm going to say Buttercup. You're almost there. I'm almost there, huh? <laughs> You're almost there. Oh, darn. Go ahead. That, try again. That's uh, it. Butter? Thinking. Maybe just butter? Or not Buttercup. You know, I think it's Buttercup, right? <laughs> Maybe, you know. Oh, let's take a look. I think it's buttermilk. So if if you're right and I'm wrong, Ray, I owe you two seats. <laughs> uh You know, Ray, we I know we also need you to hit talk about the topic of the night. Okay. The um, topic. Buttermilk. Yeah, what? buttermilk. Buttermilk. Now, isn't that something? I I kind of like um, I kind of like uh, horse names. Yep. By a famous cowboys. Okay, who was, who is Tom Mix's horse? Uh, Tony. Very good. I'll play that one tomorrow night. Uh, let's see. All who right. Is? Tony the Wonder Horse. That's right. Who would you know? Okay. How about Tonto's horse? Say that again, please. Tonto's horse. Tonto. Oh, Tonto had, um, had a horse with two names. Uh-oh, Ray. Move, move the cell phone there. Ray, are you still there? I'm, I'm here. There you go. Okay. Tonto, of course, had Scout, but Scout had a name... They, uh, they changed it to Scout. Tonto's horse had a name before it got to be Scout. Well, he always, as I recall, used to say, get him up, Scout. That's right. Right? Scout, Scout was the horse's name, but before Scout, this is still Tonto's horse, they changed the name to Scout. What did they change it from? That's I didn't know that. Ah, see? see? You might be adding to my repertoire of horse names. Well, I have... I have <laughs> We're adding a horse. <laughs> I, have a, I have a good scout story for you. Well, wait a minute. Don't We're not with the horses yet. All right, Patricia. Go ahead. Well, I, do you want the answer, or are you going to kind of fuss around with it? Uh, you know, so I, I think that would be a good one to, to leave out there for a little while. Okay. Okay, let's leave it out there for a little while. Here's and my... then you're going to have to, when Walden tells us a scouting story, then you're going to have to go back and tell me what CDs you want. Then we also need him to talk about the topic of the night. Yeah, the topic of the night. Yeah. So what's, the, what's the topic of the night, first of all? School day. What do you remember about your first school day? Or the school thing, day. Yeah, or remembering about elementary school. Some. Some of your reminiscences of school. Okay, I'll give you just off the top of my head. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I liked school. Uh, I liked until uh, when I was in grammar school, they went from 3 o'clock to 3.15. They, they extended the hours. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And this, this was a time there was no air conditioning. The windows were open. There was never any wind. Um... I was absolutely miserable with those 15 minutes because I wanted to be outside playing baseball. So I always managed to be distracted 
and uh, I would throw my arm up. Teacher, teacher, I have to go to washroom, and I would be in for 15 minutes. <laughs> now, I, it's almost on a daily basis, and uh, this obviously got wind to my little trickery. Um, but I continued to, even to the point where she wouldn't call on me anymore. So now that was, uh, what does a young boy do at this point? You know, serious stuff. I was like in third grade. So, did you really have to leave the room? Well, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to get to the classroom for those 15 minutes. Yeah, and she caught on. Well, eventually, yeah. So, you know what I used to do? What? Well, I, I would insist that I had to go to the washroom. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and I would go home. <gasps> you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is true confessions night. Oh, I uh, love yeah, it. Did I you ever get in trouble? It, Did I anybody ever find out? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was kind of a mischief maker that the teacher liked, though. I was always pleasant and, uh, you know, always doing my best to participate. And you know, I was uh, I was a good kid, you know. It wasn't like you were a slouch or anything. Did your Did your mom ever find out what you were doing? Well, you know, it's unique. Uh, it's interesting. At At that point, uh, my mother's biggest concern, you know, coming from an Italian family, uh, my mother's biggest concern is that I was healthy and that I ate. And school was a place you went, but then you didn't really, um, you know, it was the teacher's responsibility. Ah, okay. So, um, so it, it wasn't... Well, here, I'll tell you another a quick story. I know this is, you know, I mean, you're making me think here, and I don't want to impose on you, but i got to tell you this story. Uh, after a while, I didn't really get the best of grades, um, except in English and math for something reason I, I like those two subjects but nothing else and that's kind of interesting too because I love history now uh, evidenced by my uh, enjoyment of old-time radio and all that but back then I didn't like it you know so um, when it came time for the report cards well I didn't have the best report cards so my brother who was a budding artist at that time he was a year older than me he used to sign my um, <laughs> I report that. Now, at some point, my mother did ask. She says, well, what, I, I haven't seen a report card. And I said, oh, my, they don't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did anybody ever find out? I, you know, can you tell what a chicken I am? Did, I keep asking, didn't anybody find out? No, no, you, you, you need to tell Ray your story. Right, because Ray just walked in. You need to hear Patricia's confession. Uh-oh. Confession. Confession. I was a good kid because I was too scared to do it. There were four, four of us who used to pal around in high school, and we were on a bus for more than an hour. So, and we had a really neat bus driver. He was just a really great guy. And um, they decided they wanted to play hooky for one day, just one day, and they wanted me to go with them. And I said, oh, I don't think so. You know, my father was six foot five. <laughs> that, that's a lot of hand when you get smacked. So I, I was really a chicken, and it really wasn't the right thing to do, you know? 
testify said no. They they made arrangements with the bus driver to get let off the bus about a mile from school. Oh, really? And they were to be on that corner when the bus came back in the afternoon and he would pick them up. The pro- only problem was that the bus driver got sick and the owner of the bus company drove the bus that afternoon. And, and so didn't the bus... didn't know about this yes. plan. <laughs> and I mean, we were in a different county. I mean, honest to goodness, it you was... You got a- caught, Patricia? Pardon? You got caught? No, I didn't go. She didn't go. She didn't she, go. She didn't go. I was the goody one-shoe who stayed on the bus. <laughs> well, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there the three of them were, and, I, and uh, I'm sitting on the bus. You know, see, these are, these are the stories of great memories, you know. No, I know, but I wonder, I, I don't <laughs> recall how they fared with their own father. <laughs> I just know that... If but it's half the fun, too. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you another so. thing. You know, these, these guys were pretty rigid. It, it, it kind of started here in Wisconsin. My mother taught me to drive when I was about 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought I was this big driver in Wisconsin, you know. And because uh, we had a little summer cottage in Wisconsin, no running water, you know, but it was a great getaway from the city. And uh, we spent our summers out here. So my mom taught me to drive, you know, just in case of an emergency, you know, I be able to drive so um well when we got back to chicago i said hey i could drive so i snuck the keys out i went around and got five or six of my buddies oh my yeah went for a drive <laughs> was uh. having a good old time until i did something in the car stop <laughs> i said hey that happens all the time guys just give me a push <laughs> So all these 12 and 13 year old kids are pushing this car, and of course, of course, somebody called the police. So, <laughs> needless to say, everybody ran except me and another friend. You had the and, keys, of course you couldn't drive. <laughs> uh, oh. I called. I told my mother they made me do it, Ma. <laughs> right, right. See what they made me do. Uh, it's great to remember stuff like that, you know. I'm stopped. Do you remember? Your first day of school, the first day you ever had to go to school? Uh, let me think now. Let me think. I can't really remember. I can remember generally. Now, you got to remember, I'm, I'm just a tad older than everybody. Just a but, tad. Well, you, you had to go to school, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When, what... Teacher, do you remember for any reason, good or bad? All right. I don't remember. Uh, I'll tell you two teachers I remembered. One was in first grade and one was in fourth. Uh-huh. Great teacher taught me to read. I've been a voracious reader ever since. And my fourth grade teacher sent me after school and taught me math, and I, be- I excelled at math in, in, in school. Now, isn't that amazing? I told you earlier I enjoyed math and reading, and it pops into my mind. Why now? Because a teacher took time to teach me. When you were in uh, grade school or high school, were there any of the classics that you had to read, Ray? Were there required, like, Tales of Two City, Huckleberry Hound, Huckleberry Huckleberry (laughs) Fan? I saw that when I TV. <laughs> Jim said that. Well, I stuck in my mind. Hound all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are any required classics that you have to read? 
You know, I don't remember. Um, I don't really remember mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. And um, uh, yeah, I just can't remember. What about homework? Did read, you? I would read so much on my own. Um, over and beyond anything I had to read in school. You did, know. did you have homework? Do you remember homework or not really? Uh, no, I didn't do homework. <laughs> you didn't do it or you didn't get it to do? No, I just didn't like it. No. So I didn't do homework. You know, if you went through life like that and said, no, I don't, I don't like that, I'm not going to do it, uh, we might have a better world. Your teacher's pet. You got through. <laughs> No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> he made deals. Oh. If I don't raise my hand for the last 15 minutes, I won't do homework. How's that? I think Ray must have loved a charm light, Patricia, don't you think? Uh, you know what it was? I told the teacher I had to work after school. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I have to help out at home. <laughs> oh. so, and I did have the newspapers. So um, I, I pretty much got away from that. I, I, you know, I think with a little common sense, more kids could get away with <laughs> legitimately, you know. I think we're talking about the wrong end of education. <laughs> yeah. But I liked school. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning. And unfortunately, I had a lot of teachers who didn't know how to teach, you know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That, that's really bad. Yeah. It, it's funny, too. In my family, I have so many teachers and professors. I have a niece with us right now in Wisconsin who's a professor. And I've got a niece. I have a cousin living in in California or two who are professors and school teachers. My daughter was a school teacher at, at one point, you know, so. What field is your niece in, the one who's with you right now? What is her area? Uh, you know, I can't really think off the top of my head. Uh, I couldn't tell you that off the top of my head. She's a delightful young lady, my brother's daughter, and her and my daughter look like twins. Oh, my. Yeah. No no question that they're related, huh? <laughs> no. Nah. That's cute. Ray, what can I send you? What do you currently uh, need? Uh, I've got all sorts oh, of I, did, I didn't really answer too many questions here. Yeah, you did. What did you answer? Answered a half a butter. Yeah, you answer uh, Dale, Dale, and you answer Scout. Can I tell the Scout story uh, now? Yeah, I got Scout. You got, I got Tony. Sure. You got Tony, yeah. yeah. Uh, does anybody know the horse of the six shooter? Yes. And who would that be? Scar. Very good, Patricia. That's it. Very good. Oh, try again, Ray. This is good. I've got one out of one. Very good. <laughs> Okay, horses. Uh, we did Tony. That about, was always uh, who, my favorite. Gene uh, uh, Autry. Gene Autry was, uh, it begins with a P. Right. And uh, here's another one for you. The Lone Ranger's nephew's horse. Victor. Oh, great. Um, Walden knows this one, Victor. I think. <laughs> oh, it's something really stupid like Brownie. Victor. In fact, the uh, the story is they had a, a contest where the the student, the uh, listening audience, had to submit a name for the Dan's horse, the name of Dan's horse. And my dad remembers it well because the the prize was he got a horse as a prize, oh. and he remembers a real horse. A real horse. 
Oh, and he remembered where he was going to you know, have the horse stay and everything. So he remembers the contest. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was pretty well assured that a kid who lived on Fifth Avenue in New York City was not going to win. Well, if so, he'd probably given it to the police department, right? I guess. I don't know. How long ago? Victor. Okay, so I still have one out of two. <laughs> How about um, hopping on Cassidy? Oh, I know that I'll tell you, uh, let me tell you both what I'm looking at right now. All right. I have a cutout that's about six feet tall of Hopalong Cassidy mm -hmm. and his horse that begins with a T. Right. Oh, I know that. I, I'm staring at it right now. My older brother, who's a year and a month older than I am, he knows I'm a big hockey fan, and he brought me this cutout to my summer home. Wisconsin mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Perfect timing. I got up and had my cup of tea. I wasn't paying any attention. And uh, I'm sitting here, and I look up, and there's Hopalong Cassidy. Oh, my goodness. How sweet. Yeah. And the uh, horse name? I'm looking at him right now. Well, he's there's with Hoppy now in Topper. He's Hi, with boys. <laughs> you know, that's somebody we need to put down on the list, Patricia. Uh, William Boyd's widow, Grace, has just come out with a book on Hoppy here this last year or so. Ah, you please remind us. So put put that on a note. We need to get in the whole touch with Grace and talk about Hoppy. Yes, yes, yes. Is she still alive? Yes. She's in her 90s and she teaches fed ed classes. She teaches what? Fed ed classes. She goes to hospitals and teach exercises and things. Oh, physical ed. Yes. Ed. Okay. Yeah. Like PT. Yeah. Oh, how neat. Yeah, so she's in great shape. Okay, she's on our list, and yeah. we need to get in touch we with her. We need to get her. Oh, great that would be that absolutely would be fun. phenomenal. Yes, yes, yes. She, she has been my favorite. Poppy's been my favorite forever. Really? As a kid. Now let me tell you what you two got, you two children. Yes. Oh, say that again. Okay, Hopalong Cassidy was sponsored by a bread company. Could anybody tell me what it was? Oh, Walden can tell you. Let me think. Well, um, now I don't know because it was a it was a syndicated radio show, so it might have different sponsors throughout the country. So I don't oh. know. It wasn't Wonder Bread. It wasn't Silver Cup. It wasn't some. It, it was Wonder Bread. It was Wonder Bread. Wow. Now I want to tell you something about Wonder Bread. Yeah. If you got the wrapper, not the not the blue checkered wrapper, but they post. What was? Say that again. They uh, they had a promotion that if you collected so many wrappers. Now, not the actual bread wrapper, but. The, uh, they had a yellow, maybe a two-inch wrapper in yellow that wrapped around the bread the, uh, the, uh, the shorter way. Uh -huh. and, and if you collected so many of those wrappers, then you got a prize or you know, one of those promo things. Oh, wow. I did my very best to get those, but we ate Italian bread. We didn't eat the... We called it American bread. <laughs> got it. Okay. Oh, well, so you lost out. Yeah, kind of, you know, but I did my best. I collected a few of them. And, and you know who else, um, what other show had Wonder Bread? 
Walden, help me with this. I think it was Howdy Doody. Yes. Also, I think another of the cowboy shows had Wonder or Wonder Bread too. There are a lot of shows that had Wonder Bread. Yeah. Um, with the red, yellow, and blue balloons printed on the wrapper. Who was who? Uh, who? What? Wait cowboy? a second now. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. What was the the bread wrapper with the check the blue checkered squares? Was that butternut bread? Oh, that I don't know. Because it was blue checkered squares. Now I remember Wonder Bread with the yellow balloons and white pepper yellow what's the balloons. Yellow and blue balloons. But that no, I the line with the red, yellow, and blue balloons printed on the wrapper. Yeah. Bread was what ten cents, right? A loaf. I don't know. Now it's what two bucks or whatever. Who <laughs> don't eat? Or to eat is what the problem is. <laughs> uh, does anybody remember uh, now? And uh, now you got me wondering because the the bread that was sponsored, uh, Apollon Cassidy, was blue, blue checkered bread, mm. and I think it was but, butternut bread. Butternut. Wow. Yeah. Who was um? What cowboy had big thunder as his horse? Oh, big thunder! Big thunder. Oh, oh, pick me, pick me! All right, I Patricia. Know. I think I know. Do you know Ray? No, I don't. I'm, 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 I'm a little stymied here. Um, was was thunder the horse of Red Rider? You're absolutely correct, Patricia. Oh, I known that. I should have known that. Yeah. What was uh? What was the little Indian guy's horse? Yeah, what was be- Oh, that was Papoose. 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 I I I kind of forgot that. But why didn't I remember Thunder? Uh, I remember Bob Bond horses when he was famous. Bond bread, B O N D, Bond bread. Bond bread. Does that sound right? Oh, it was butternut bread. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm looking at Hoppy on the side of a loaf of bread here.
but I always try to, you know, sneak in. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm really happy that you did. Okay. Bye, bye. You both have a good night. You too. I'll, I'll be listening for the next half hour or so. Sounds okay, great. Okay, thanks a bunch. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. And there's our buddy Ray. There is our buddy Ray. Um, I'm going to have to change phones in about 10 or 15 minutes. Um, we've got, uh, we already did Walden's questions. I have a scout question, though. No, I mean, a yeah, scout but story. I'm so sorry. You kept saying I have a scout question. I thought you meant scout scout, don't you? No, I talk about tunnel scout. Hello, there, Carl. You're on with Patricia. Hello, it's Dan. Dan, how are you? Hi, Dan. Doing pretty well. How are you doing, Patricia? Oh, just fine. How is stuff? How is stuff? Stuff is doing pretty well. Uh, there's ragweed in the air here near Louisville and Cordon, Indiana, and it's uh, really affecting my throat. I've been going through a mini cold spell here oh, the past dear. two or three days. That happens every August. Oh, yuck. Can you talk about the recreation a little bit? How did it go? Oh, it went really well. Uh, we had a good crowd. We had uh, people from uh, Houston, Texas, and North Dakota, and uh, just all over, a lot of people here from the area. We had about 120 reenactors and probably about three or 400 uh, visitors to watch the, uh, the uh, reenactment. Now, would you, because we have listeners who probably haven't heard, uh, didn't hear you the first time, would you talk a little bit about the reenactment, what you did, and, and that this happens every year? Sure, yes. Uh, there were two Civil War battles in the north. One was at Gettysburg, and the other one was here in my hometown of Cordon, Indiana. And the reenactment here in Cordon, uh, the, the battle here in Cordon was uh, uh, done uh, by a general. His name was John Hunt Morgan. He brought about a uh, couple thousand uh, Confederates north into Indiana, and uh, he um, he was trying to you know showboat. Uh, you know, and be, really become, you know, well-known. But uh, his plans were thwarted when the battle at Gettysburg happened a few days earlier than our battle, which happened on the 9th of July. And uh, we have a reenactment here to commemorate the anniversary of the, of the uh, battle. And uh, we, um, we do that here. And uh, it went on really well. We uh, have a good... Uh, uh, crowd here every year. We have great participants that come in. Uh, they dress in wool here in July, and you know they come authentically dressed, and and really quite a history lesson for uh, you know for everybody. This is living history at its finest. Mhm. Mm and uh, we're uh, we're in the process of upgrading our battle site. We have a cabin on the site that's needing some restoration and. Uh, We've been very fortunate with uh, a grant. We're going to redo uh, the cabin. We're going to re uh, rework the cabin a little, little bit, and um, and we are looking forward to uh, having a great anniversary in 2013, which will be the 150th anniversary of the Battle of Cordon. Wow! Now you've got a really nifty website with an awful lot of history up there and an awful lot of work that went into the information that you have. Would you give out the web address, please? You know, I'm just going to tell people to Google it because I'm not sure of it offhand. It's uh, done by our local parks department. Okay. Uh, I think it's I think it's Harrison 
It's HarrisonCOParks.com, but you can Google it uh, with um, just uh, Google Battle of Cordon, and uh, that will come up with a great cannon blast right at the uh, at the beginning. And um, Cordon is spelled in an unusual way. Cordon is spelled C-O-R-Y-D-O-N. Thank you. Cordon, Indiana. We're 20 miles west of Louisville, Kentucky, and um, and we're just. Uh, really uh, excited with everything that's going on. We want to, you know, kind of upgrade our uh, our uh, selling of the Battle of Cordon because, uh, you know, um, it's a great history lesson. And, uh, you know, there were, like I said, there were these two battles here in the north, and one was the Gettysburg, and then there was ours. And um, I'm the county historian here, and uh, we, uh, you know, try to people who are inquiring about, you know, the history of the area well, here, so. How long did the battle last? I know Gettysburg was three days. What was, what was the battle for you in, in Indiana? We were outnumbered four to one, uh, four Confederates to one uh, home guard. Mm-hmm. So it just lasted about 30 minutes, the actual battle. Uh, John Hunt Morgan, who came from Brandenburg, uh, Kentucky, across the river, he, uh, he um, hijacked a... a uh, steamer called the Alistine and crossed the Ohio River at Brandenburg, Kentucky. Uh, that happened on the 8th of July, and then he then came on up about 20 miles into Indiana, where we're located. The battle happened, it took place about 30 minutes uh, that day on July the 9th. He stayed overnight, and that's where he learned of Gettysburg, and that somewhat ruined his plans because he really wanted to make the front page headlines and then you know the terrible tragedy happened at Gettysburg so he uh, still went on north about 20 miles north and then uh, to around Salem Indiana and then he uh, found that the, uh, the Union troops were moving in and he got scared and he started heading back toward Confederate land which was uh, back toward Kentucky, but he basically headed east from Salem, Indiana, and headed back toward Ohio and northern Kentucky. It's interesting, because Gettysburg was January, uh, July 1, 2, and 3, and here mm-hmm. your battle was the 8th, so real, news will not, did not really travel fast. No, no, it didn't travel very fast mm. back then, um, mm. but uh, he, he learned about that while he was here in town, mm. and, um, you know, it changed his plans. His entire raid uh, covered uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and went almost into Pennsylvania before he was captured. It lasted over a thousand miles. Um, he, uh, the raid was also mentioned in um, a Jessamine West book called Friendly Persuasion. It briefly mentions um, that, and that was also made into a movie back in the 50s. They used to play around the holidays. Um, you remember who was in the movie? You know, I'm thinking it was Gregory Peck. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Um, you know, it was um, it, it was just uh, you know, um, a different time back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan, he just was a renegade, and he wanted to go out and pillage and loot mm-hmm. for the most part and make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he. Uh, he was quite a capitalist. 
all sorts of experiences in our history. It is such a rich history, and we'll never run out of things to study about, ever. I was, ca I was calling you to tell you a little more history. Good. Right. You were mentioning Dale Evans. Uh-huh. Dale Evans was in Louisville back in the 1930s, and this was where she got her name, Dale Evans. How did, how did it come about? How did it come about? Well, she was born Frances Octavia Smith. Right. And at 14, she had a, a son. I think the son's name was Tommy. Correct. She, she, she eloped and got married and had a son. Correct. Yes. Yes. Then she, she left. Uh, she was from, I believe, Arkansas, and then some of her people moved into Texas. Right. And from Texas, she went to Chicago to become a singer on radio. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. She didn't have much luck in Chicago. Then she came to Louisville to WHS Radio, which is 840 on the dial even today, and it was a 50,000-watt station. And I think it was 50,000 watts. She came here in the 1930s. And at that point, she was known under her uh, married name, Frances Fox. Wow. Now, when she, she, when she left Chicago, she took the name Marion Lee. Okay. And when she came down here, that was kind of like, you know, uh, Becky Smith, you know, just kind of a common name. Right. But when she got here, the station manager, his name was Joe Eaton, E-A-T-O-N. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't like that name. I want to name you something that's easy to pronounce, something that people might remember. So he said, I'm going to change your name to Dale. And she said, well, I don't like the name Dale. That's a boy's name. And he said, well, I want to name you after a silent movie star, Dale Winter was the silent movie star, and um, she was quite a beauty back then. Mm. And in fact, she, uh, a gangster from the from Chicago mob, uh, left his wife and married this Dale Winter. Oh my! So she, uh, that's where Dale Evans got her name here in Louisville. Wow. She's also known. Song did she, what song did she write? She wrote Happy Trail. Very good. Oh, and good on you. Name, the horse's name was Buttermilk. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Um, now, that, that means, because these were honest-to-goodness questions for tonight, I owe you a CD. Well, I am enjoying the ones you sent me already. Well, um, just because you have some doesn't mean you can't have more. Well, I really appreciate it. <clears throat> tell me what shows or tell me what genre, and I'll read off what I've got. Hmm. And then you have to tell us some school stories. 
<laughs> oh boy, that that's that's uh, I got a few here I can tell you. Um, what do you have uh, handy there that you could send me? Oh gosh, I've got everything handy. Let let me give you my categories, and then you tell me which category uh, to start picking on. How about comedy? Oh, we've got loads of comedy. Um, do you have a favorite? Otherwise, I'll start oh. reading. Okay. Any, do you have any Jerry, uh, what's his last name? Hope, Bob Hope's uh, sidekick. Jerry Colonna. Yeah, that's right. That's Jerry right. Colonna. Jerry Colonna? So, some early Bob Hope, Patricia, from the war years. Nobody has ever asked for Jerry Colonna. <laughs> well, that, I mean, this is good. You're broadening my horizons. I will find Jerry Colonna. Early Bob Hope will work. And Bob Hope. I've got him, too. And I tell you, who was also with Bob Hope for a few years before she became more famous uh, in her later years? Irene Ryan was with Bob Hope. Absolutely. And I know what she became. And she became Granny Clampett. Granny Clampett, yeah. From the Beverly Hillbillies, yes. Yeah, she was a remarkable lady. She was. Very. Well, is, I guess, with her scholarships. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, she she uh, bequeathed a scholarship for actors. I did not know that. Uh, Do you know anything about that, Walden? No, no, no. I was just thinking. Uh, I was just thinking that you know she was the, the same period of the Bob Hope show when Doris Day with the girl singer, and I did not know that. I, I yeah, she yeah. she was she and um she she was married uh, to Tim, and I'm trying to think of Tim's last name. And it was Tim Irene with a famous radio duel of the 30s. And they did a lot of radio. And then somehow he yes, bowed. Sir. That's right. He bowed yeah. out of the business and then she kept it going. Mm -hmm. uh, they were a lot like Burns and Allen. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, what other famous personality come from Indiana? What other famous personality mm -hmm. from Indiana? Hmm. Uh, Florence Henderson. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Good. And I'm trying to think who else. Um, hmm. Yeah. Who were you thinking of? Well, Carol Lombard. Okay. Fred, Fred McMurray. Okay. And I'm trying to think of Phil Harris. I, I think Phil has something in, in with Indiana, and I'm trying to think what it is. I can't remember why. Why Why Phil Harris is running through my head. That maybe, I'm probably wrong, but I can't remember why. Something, to, something to do with Indiana. And uh, Red Skelton. Red Skelton, absolutely. Mm hmm Yeah. Absolutely. Red Skelton uh, from Vincennes, which is uh, right north of Evansville. Okay. Mm hmm I want to get down there and see that museum that they've got down there. That would be very good. Mm hmm That would be good. Uh, well, what about school? Sure. What about school days? You got, you got any stories about school days? Sure. Back in the winter of 77 and 78. We're talking January of 1978. Uh through this area here, we had a great blizzard. In fact, uh, we had a blizzard back uh, there. Uh, we had um, snow and winds of 35 miles an hour. And um, after Christmas, it just started snowing. Like every three, four days, we'd have you know four or five inches of snow. And I believe we were off from our Christmas break, which, you know, would have gone into, uh, which would have lasted until like the second day of January. We were out of school until, uh, 
Wow. Wow. Did you have to make any of that time? You know, at that point in, in 78, we did not have to make up snow days. Now, after oh. that occurred, we did have to, I think they passed a law in Indiana that said you had to be in school for at least 175 days each year. Uh-huh. But we just had such incredible snows. They had to bring, you know, uh, uh, backhoes and, you know, they had to bring in heavy equipment to, uh, to dig us out. Wow. Uh, we had drifts in some places uh, seven to eight feet deep. It was just an incredible snow. And uh, at the time, I lived on a farm. And we had to, you know, tend to the cattle, you know, twice a day and, you know, make sure that they had water and uh, hay. And we even opened up the barn where they could come into the barn at that point. How did they manage to move around the pasture? Well, we had to actually take the tractors out and kind of, you know, uh, we, had a, uh, we had a blade on the front of our tractor. And uh, we would plow, you know, the snow away. And the way our barn set, we had a woods on the west side of our farm and near the house and then the barn also sheltered the uh, wind from the north mm-hmm. so we they kind of huddled in there and um, you know it was it was kind of close quarters there for a while did you lose any of the cattle because of the weather we never lost any cattle due to the weather but we had to go out and feed them you know like it seemed like some days from the time you got back from the morning work, then you uh, then you had to go back out, you know, yeah. and start on the evening work. Yeah. How many head were you? So, were you? How many head uh, did you keep? We had usually around fifty. That's quite a number. And um, then you know, of course, when the pond was frozen, you would have to take an axe and cut the ice off the pond. And sometimes the ice got so deep, you had to use a chainsaw. Wow. <laughs> and then... heck of a winter. Was, yeah, it was quite an ordeal. And um, I do remember there were some times when we didn't get our mail because of the snow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the statute of limitations has run out. I remember one time that... We knew, you know, the mail carrier, and he was running behind. We had to pull him out of the ditch once or twice with our tractor. And he wow. said, I'm running late. You delivered the mail. Well, we lived on a dead-end road, and you know, we just, uh, you know, uh, delivered the mail to people while he went on his way. Oh, so much for <laughs> snow, sleet. What is this for snow, sleet, rain, and hail? Yeah. The, the post yeah. office the, or the postal person will get through so much for that we have to cross that out unless they put tractors in there that's right absolutely so you actually got like six weeks off from the seven or eight weeks off from school that winter we did i believe it was about six and a half weeks but uh it was just an incredible snowy winter here and um oh. you know some some winters we don't have any snow uh-huh. some winters we have quite a bit you make up um, for it Henry Aldrich's friend Homer Brown would say to something like that, Oh, boy, Hen, six weeks <laughs> off from school. That's two summer vacations. <laughs> well, a winter vacation. It wasn't exactly a summer vacation. That was a rough time for you, though, working a farm in weather like that. Wow. Oh, How about, right. about in school? What was your favorite subject in school? You know, um, I... I enjoyed most of my subjects. Um, 
times when I would have a study hall, I go down to the library mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, choose books. And I also got to the point where I was helping out the librarian. So I we had a club called the Bookies Club. The Bookies? And the Bookies. I love it. <laughs> okay. And these, these were students who, on their uh, study halls, would come down and I'm dating myself here. Um, we would help set up like 16 millimeter film strips, uh -huh. and we take projectors around to all the different classrooms. And then uh, later on, we would set up the video uh, tape machines, and we would shell books and you know help out. Mm -hmm. And when you filing cards, we you know, and before all of this was automated, every book had a pocket and every pocket had a book card with the author's name and title of the book. So people would sign their name on the book card. The cards had to be stamped, and the books, you know, the date due slip, slip was stamped. Then you had to file these cards at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So that's what we were, that's what these students would do, the bookies club. That's what we would do. Dan, when you were bringing films to classrooms, what was on the films? What were what were they showing in the classrooms? A lot of these were uh, films from, like, uh, I'm trying to remember offhand some of the companies. Um, they, you know, we, they would get in, like, some of these educational Disney tapes that were, um, you know, like, Donald in Math Magic Land. I don't know if you remember that title or not. I don't. Walden, do you recognize it? No, I just remember Jimmy the Cricket. That's where, uh, of the Disney, that's where I remember as a kid. Mm -hmm. There was a company here, uh, it was called H.W. Wilson, and they would supply um, audiovisual materials to schools. Mm. And there was a catalog that they would produce every, every I guess, quarter, mm -hmm. probably twice a year, twice a school year. And teachers could look in there by subject and pick out, you know, age-appropriate films. And um, I think the Britannica Corporation, which, you know, produced the encyclopedias, mm -hmm. they had films that they would produce, you know, that would go along with some of the subjects in the, uh, in the encyclopedia. How neat. So a lot of times, a lot of times he was, would run 15 to 30 to, you know, sometimes an hour in length. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I do like that. Teachers enjoyed films and, and then later on videotapes because they basically got a day off. Say that again? <laughs> That's right. The teacher, huh? the teacher got a down day because they didn't. They just had to run the film. That's what I thought he said. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was just as good for the teachers as it was for the kids. Oh, yeah. Maybe better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. We were talking about horses before. Do you know that um, we, we talked about Tonto's horse, which was named Scout, but it had a name before they called it Scout. They changed it to Scout. Do you know what the um, horse's first name was? Not a clue. Not a clue. Okay, we're going to keep that one on the list and see if anybody can call in and give us the answer. It's not an easy okay. one either. That's right. And Patricia, I sent you an email earlier. Um, I was surfing on the Internet when the show came on. I found some um, early TV ads, uh, like circa 1944, uh -huh. and one ad was uh, saying, uh, what would it be like if you had Bob Hope on the television? 
And uh, I sent you a link to that, and I wasn't sure about Walden's email. You could send that to him. I just sent you a link to this uh, advertisement. There was a like a 1944 ad for television for Bob Hope and also one with Faber McGee and Molly. Wow. I just, when you said email, I went to my email, and here it is. So I'll check it out when we are listening to the show later. Uh, I'll check it out. Thank you for thinking of me. Sure, and, and go ahead and forward that to uh, Walton. He might want to look at that. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. I will. It, it has, obviously, it has sound to it, so <laughs> yeah. um, he'll, he'll get some okay. enjoyment out of that, too. Very cool. Well, I'm going to let you go for tonight. Well, you are so great for calling. It's good to hear from you again. We were wondering where you were. Well, I've been I've been working a lot, and uh, I also uh, uh, we have been working on our grant for the uh, battle park. Yeah. And uh, we we were able to get matching money for the eighty-two thousand dollar grant that we were uh, wow. already received. Congratulations. Wow, that is too cool. Well, the last time you called, I believe it was the last time you called, you were working with the census. So you had breakfast with us. <laughs> You're not having breakfast. You're on the other end of the clock tonight. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm, the census work ended about a month ago, and, and I've just been doing my one job. So. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we'd, we were happy to have you for breakfast, but I'm glad you're back on a normal schedule now. <laughs> that's right. Well, I appreciate all the good work you all do. Well, thank you so much for calling and for listening. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Good night, Bye-bye, Dan. Bye-bye, Dan. Good night. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Patricia has trivia. She has big questions, small questions, little questions, happy questions, wondering questions, questions that I don't know anything about, questions she doesn't know anything about. So give us a call <laughs> at 714 <laughs> You know my secret. There's a lot of stuff I don't know anything about. Now you know my secret. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, well, I want to talk about Scout. I have a story about Scout, but I'm not going to go into Scout because, hello, caller. Hello. Hello, Lucy. Madam President, Lucy from New York, how are you? Um... I'm a little bit woozy from my medication. Oh, you're not feeling so hot tonight, huh? Yeah. Well, I was out at the boardwalk handing flyers out again, so <laughs> I want to just make an announcement for those of you who were at the boardwalk on Staten Island that I spoke to so many of you, and you took the flyers and said you were going to listen and call in. Do it. Do it tonight. Represent Staten Island and New York. That's number one. Number two, okay, the movie-friendly persuasion would huh? not feature Gregory Peck. Okay. It featured a very young Anthony Perkins. Ah. And who was the actor who played Lou Gehrig in The Pride of the Yankees? Uh, Gary Cooper. That's who the major star of ah. was. Now, the song Friendly Persuasion was sung by Pat Boone right. for that movie. Right. Okay, so we covered that. Between um, you and Walden, I'm out of business here. <laughs> oh, and don't forget to send Dan his membership card. Right, I was thinking, I thinking, I was thinking that too. You bet. And the and the gentleman who called before that. Don't forget to send him his. Right. We'll take care of John. 
Yes, that's who it was. And I, care I, of, I, I send, care of. Dan has to have a card. Right. And I think I got more to send you, Patricia. Madam President. Walton is vice president. <laughs> <laughs> I just love this. Walton uh, is vice president of his own fan club. <laughs> but um, you were talking about school. and School days. Yes. Oh, days. my gosh. When I was growing up, you had to be five years old by the time school began, which was usually around the 10th of September. Being my birthday, well, my twin brother, too, our birthdays were September 25th. We had to wait a whole other year. Mm. Wow. Mm. So we were close to six. We were just weeks away from being six years old when we started. And um, I remember going to school. We weren't brought to school. We were taught how to walk our way to school, and that's how we went. And it was myself and my twin brother and my cousin Ernie, and the three of us trudged off to kindergarten all alone. And and it wasn't scary or anything. You know, we lived in a small town, so everybody knew everybody, and. You know, if you were in trouble, you just knocked on a door or yelled, and someone came. But um, I wasn't afraid. Um, my brother and I were both very good students. What I did not excel in, my my brother did, and what he didn't excel in, I did. How interesting. What was your best subject? What What did you do really well? English. English? Grade A. And what was his? Math. Nobody has picked Jim. Nobody has picked baseball. <laughs> I loved Jim. Did you? I loved Jim. Oh, I did. I, I should have been a tumbler and an acrobat and everything else because I just adore When most of the girls were skipping out on Jim with different excuses, I was dressed and ready to go with that stupid blue uniform with the skirt on it that hidden buttons down the front and the belt, and you looked like who did it in red. You know what they looked like? They looked like the old-fashioned bathing suits from the 1910. Oh, my gosh. You know? Oh, they were so horrid. So, have, I mean, it sounds like they were not exactly really great for moving around. Oh, yet. they were, They, you know, literally for the girls, they were more constricting than they were helpful in gym at all. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I, I know girls had different rules in basketball, right? I, I remember my mom, remember when she was going to school, back from the late 40s, early 50s, they had totally different rules for girls to play basketball than they do for the boys. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't really want to have the girls ex, you know, exert physical ex, exercise as much, I guess. Right, you got to realize that really wasn't a womanly thing to do. I guess so, yeah. You weren't supposed to be being prepped for pro sports. You were supposed to be being prepped for, with home economics and sewing and all that other good stuff to be a good mother and a wife and a homemaker. You weren't being prepared or a secretary, you know. You weren't being prepared to become a, a sports person. You know, so it was it was very uncomfortable, this uniform that they made us wear. I mean, it was horrid. It was literally <laughs> horrid. Show you off very well. <laughs> the things that we used to do to them just to make them even a little bit better looking what was frowned on. Oh, my gosh. 
What did you do? It was terrible. Oh, oh, we would take and we would shorten the skirts on them. The 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 one the under part of it had the uh, you remember rubber pants for a baby? Uh huh. How it had the elastic on the legs and half the kids had half the babies had their circulation cut off because of this elastic. Oh, geez. Exactly how the bloomer part underneath the skirt was. And it oh. was cutting off your circulation. Well, how many of us went home, took scissors, because we had we had sewing classes from the time we were in sixth grade all the way through high school. You can make your own winter coats and everything by the time you were done. <laughs> we would take the scissors and we'd cut out the elastic, put up a hem, stitch it in. This way we could move was not conducive to dates. I mean, you oh my God. did not roll your shoulder and bat your eyes when you were in one of these outfits, oh. I take it. Oh, and, and for the girls who were just blossoming, the darn thing didn't you fit you, didn't fit you above because they had the snap buttons down the front. Oh, yeah. So now you were constricted. Here you were blooming, and you couldn't bloom, and you're being constricted that way. And if you went to the next size, you looked like a cow. I mean, it, it was, oh, oh, please. The bloomers didn't allow you to bloom. Oh, my. No, they did not. They did not. I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Um, because you and your brother just missed school registrations, you you were older. Were you usually the oldest kids in your classes? Basically, yes. Did that cause any problems, or did it have any benefits for you as you worked your way through school? You, you know, it didn't cause any problems at all. Um, we, were, uh, we were more mature socially because of the fact that we were about a year older. Mm-hmm. And most of the kids. But then again, most of the kids that we went to school with were on our block. So we knew them all and we played together. So, you know, it, it had an advantage at the same time that, you know, we were all social together mm-hmm. prior to going to school. So it didn't make a it didn't make a bad thing out of it at all. It's not that it made us excel any better. You know, because we were starting out the same as everyone else was starting out. Back then, moms, like with my son, when he was little, I would take a deck of cards and teach him his the numbers 1 through 9 mm-hmm. and 10 just by using a plain deck of cards. Well, in in my day growing up, the parents didn't do that. So everyone started out equally. You know, no one was more advanced. Everyone learned how to read equally and and that's how it went. So your brain, um, your brain gathered the information just the same as yeah. the kids who were five years old. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, so favorite teacher, uh-huh. it had to be. Oh, she was the dearest woman. My sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Catherine Denner. She's the one who pushed me to be a writer. She, she was. A real rock for me. She knew what was going on at home and everything, and she was a real rock for me. I bless that woman every day. Every. It's so nice that you have a memory like that that's related to a teacher in school. Yeah, she was. Um, she was. She tr- was a truly very. She was a 
small, zostic woman with dark hair. I don't know what her nationality was originally, but her last name was uh, Denner. But that was her married last name. So, But she was a wonderful, wonderful, understanding, patient, and the way she had about teaching, she had such a passion for it that you just couldn't help but have an understanding with her. No matter what type of student you were, good, bad, and different, you had a very wonderful relationship with this teacher. I like that. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. That is good stuff. Are you yeah. playing with us tonight? I'm sorry? Are you playing with us tonight? Um, I had answers from before. I don't know. Oh, oh, and I know what did I wanted to tell you. Remember last week you asked me about the Robert Young who did him on the radio? Uh-huh. In my head, while you were asking me that, I was going in my head going, but wait, he did the radio one too. <laughs> and you had me questioning myself, and I just couldn't spit out the answer because now I was questioning myself whether I was right or wrong. But and then when someone wrong. else answered it, I said, son of a sea biscuit, I knew <laughs> that it was him that did the radio as well. Well, we've got more questions for you. More stuff. <laughs> more stuff. <laughs> this is good. I've got half the world using the word stuff now. I love it. Stuff is such an it's such a Well, I will I have to tell you, when I was passing out the flyers, um, on Friday. No, Thursday. On Thursday, I did hand one to a teacher, and when they were reading the part in the flyer that I said you could use it as a teaching tool, you know, for the young ones to try to get them to understand the generations that preceded them, he turned around. He was like, you know, he said, I never thought of it that way. He says, and you're, he says, I'm a teacher. He says, and you're absolutely right. I said, well, it's not my idea. It's someone else's idea, I said, and I just added it to the flyer to, you know, bring that to mind for parents and, and grandparents to maybe discuss it with the, their grandchildren and so on so that they would try to understand what generations were prior to them existing. So uh, that said, I did hand out a lot of flyers. I did a lot of talking. My husband was standing on the sidelines. He, and when I was done with it all, he was like, wow, he said, you really, really love that stuff. And I said, say, you didn't realize how much I loved it. And a lot of the people were saying, you're too young to know this. And I said, it has nothing to do with age. I I said, most of these kids today don't even know how to get out of a box without being shown. I said, you know, I said, it's time to go back to old school and allow them to use their imaginations and and actually learn by listening and not by playing a game or this other stuff that they do today. And, and mm-hmm. so many, 97% were all in agreement that today's children need to learn how to use their imaginations and how to listen and learn from listening. Like when you play your Fibromagia and Molly, I listen to the whole thing. I don't just listen for little bits and pieces. I listen to the whole thing, and half the time, more than half the time when I call in, I can give you at least three, four, or five answers and then come up with questions of my own about it. This is... Yeah, this is what the kids need today. They need to go back to basics and learn. 
Yeah. David in Alabama, I hope he's he's able to give us a call tonight. David is a professor of history in Alabama, and we've been trading some emails. He is going to uh, consider using for extra credit assignments relative to old-time radio with subject matter that relates to the, the curriculum that he's using. So this is pretty cool. I hope David can call in tonight, and we'll talk a little bit about it, because he asked for something, and I'm not sure what he asked for, but I'm collecting stuff uh, anyway. So. Uh, well, and if Brian is listening, uh-huh. I received my 14-DVD set of Thriller. And I have listened to the very first one. Each one has many on them. I have listened to the very first DVD set, because there's seven of them in there. And I can't write 50 words about it, because I would just have to repeat one word 50 times. (laughs) All I can say is, Brian, if you haven't received it yet, when you do, you will have your socks knocked off of you. It's fantastic. If you like mystery, drama, spooky, horror, it's got it all. You have to get the set. It's absolutely wonderful. And I did. I got lucky. I got it through Amazon.com. So I paid a lot less for it. Thank God. <laughs> slap up the side of my head and you're talking about Thriller and I'm thinking DVD did Brian send you it's the Boris Karloff set that you're talking about Mm-hmm. okay so, and, and it comes with stills and commentaries it's over 50 hours of viewing it's fantastic it is so super great good review so- that's Thriller, the set of DVDs, and you got it through Amazon. They had a good price on it, didn't they? Yes, $99. Right, $99 compared to a good price. Compared to the 150 that uh, right. it, it was listed for, that really is a good price. I mean, that's Correct, good. correct. But you, And I don't know if it's still going for the same price. It probably is. But it was a pre-release order that you were getting the $99 for. But more than likely, it's probably still going to go for the same price because Amazon is really fantastic with, you know, their items and price-wise. But, okay, give me a question, and then I hope I can answer it. And if not, I'm going to let you go to try and let others call because I don't like taking a lot of time. I like to get other people to call in. Okay. Who was Margot Lane? (sighs) It was the shadow sidekick. There go. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. And you're going to call in after Fibber McGee and Molly, too, aren't you? Hope. Um, you know what? My The, the medication, they changed it. Yeah. And it's higher. Oh, you're getting wiped out sooner. Yeah, mm-hmm. at, at the, and it's, and it's, tonight was the night that the patch had to get changed. So I'm getting hit from the patch, and the uh, the oral pain medication. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to fade out before you play it or not. I will fight it for as long as I can. But okay. if you don't hear from me, just know that it's due to medication, not to lack of interest. You just didn't bail out on us. Okay, well, I've got an envelope still here with Black Museum and Tales of the Supernatural for you. 
what else can I add to it? I need um, to, I need to help you go is, shopping here, don't well, I? I want comedy. I want something comedy. Okay, I have Gildersleeve. I have Fibber McGee and Molly. I have Jack Benny. How about the Bob Hopes? I'll go along with the Bob Hopes. Bob Hope. You shall have Bob Hope. I, I want some comedy because little by little, my, I remember I told you I started an album, a CD album thing with all the CDs in. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's getting there, boy. It's getting pudgy. It's getting, it's getting fluffy. I don't say fat. It gets fluffy. Pudgy. Yeah, fluffy is we, good. I like fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say, uh, I had a little kid say to me, you're fat. I said, no, I'm not fat. I'm fluffy. Yeah, I'm huggable. I'm squishy. <laughs> squishy. That's squishy. You know the little girl that runs around in the rab uh, with holding the bear in that 3D cartoon? She goes, it's so squishy. <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, it's a, it's that. It was just in the movies. It's not in the movies anymore. It was this year, and the the child was running down the thing, and it had this stuffed animal say, and she's yelling, it's so squishy. And I, that's me. I'm squishy. You're squishy. Well, you're a good squish. So you have a wonderful evening. You Remember, you. people, call in, call in, call in. Because if you're brand new, you get a CD right off the bat, and you don't even have to. You let me send you a CD. You don't even have to answer a question unless you want to. That's right. I gave them all the info. They know the deal. Let's call. Represent. Jerry Lewis Telethon starts tomorrow. So you got to call, and you got to win CDs, and you got to become members, and you got to listen to all the good stuff, not this mishmash stuff that's on TV these days. Listen to the good stuff. And on that note, Walden, have a pleasant evening. Thank you, my dear. And Patricia, I will speak to you later, hopefully, if not I'll catch you next week. All right. Okay. Bye. Have a great week if we don't get to say hi later. Okie doke. Good night. Bye-bye. Madam Press? Madam President of the fan club. 714-545-2071. And we'll turn up the little knob. Hello there, Carl. You are on with Patricia. Hello. Hello. Is that you, Fred? That's Fred. Hey, Fred. How are you doing tonight? Has it started to snow up there yet? Oh, hush, hush, hush. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still, matter of fact, we just got done with the heat wave. What, what is a heat wave in Vermont? Oh, it was 95 this week. Oh, gosh, that really is a heat wave. Yeah, it was hot. It gets hot in the summer, but not for very long, not long enough. Uh, in fact, we dropped down to, I think the high today was 72 or something. Oh, boy, that's a difference. That's nice. Yeah, dropped pretty quick. But anyway, I'm calling because I I, I had to correct the, the last gentleman that called in on one of his facts. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because uh, I'm a Civil War buff, and I, I, I admire what they do with the reenactments and all that. I've seen them do it, and, boy, I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to wear one of those uniforms in the seat. It's incredible what they do. Oh, I know. Listen, the Gettysburg and the, the, the battle that they do are the only two battles fought in the north. And that's not true because the year before, Lee, Lee tried to invade the north in 1862 as well. And they fought at Antietam in Maryland, which was on northern soil. 
Oh, I never thought of Meadow Mean Northern Soil. Huh. Okay. It was, a, it was a free state. Yeah. And it was, uh, matter of fact, Harper's Ferry, um, there was, a, there was a, a skirmish at Southern Mountain, and the Union kicked Lee out of there, and he was going to go back to Virginia, but he had split his force up, and part of his force had taken over Harper's Ferry. So he decided to keep pushing north, and he entrenched it near Antietam Creek in Maryland, yeah. So the whole idea was to get a victory in the north so that the, the, the voters would uh, basically vote Lincoln out of office. Well, you, I'm just thinking, next year you're talking about the 150th anniversary of the Civil War. I wonder if there's different places that are going to commemorate that around the country starting next well, year. Yeah, you figure, I, I would imagine they would. You would think it's so. It's a big day. Yeah. Um, and then you got four years of anniversaries after that. Right. Gettysburg will have its 150th and 13. Yep. Um, I went to Antietam, and it's, oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, just, just walking the ground, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. Have you been, have you been to Gettysburg yet? No, I want to go. You should go. I was, my family was only planning to spend one day. We wound up spending four. Oh, I bet. Ah, uh, it's unbelievable. Anybody who love American history, and you, you get to go to get in the Rangers, the park rangers do a terrific job of different tours throughout the days to see the different three different battle areas and things. It's just a wonderful experience to be in Gettysburg. So the place I really want to see there is the uh, where the southern troops gathered before Pickett's Charge and look and looking across and looking at the where the Union forces were. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we spent so much time we never got a chance to go up to General Eisenhower's home. Most people don't know that Eisenhower lived in Gettysburg, and his home is there. And we did so much Civil War stuff, we never got to see Dwight D. Eisenhower's home. Oh. So there's a lot of stuff to see over there. My goodness. Fred, I have a website address for you. Okay. The reenactment? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I'm going to say it the way it's spelled, but it's not the way you pronounce it. It's spelled Cory Don, C-O-R-Y-D-O-N. Oh, like two people's names. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Okay. It's C-O-R-Y-D-O-N, as in Nancy, battlepark.com. Okay. And that will bring you to the site of the battle and a really great collection of history. It's just a wonderful job. Whoever put this together really did an awful lot of work. I've done a lot of the Civil War stuff because my my brother lived in Virginia, Um, but Gettysburg is just one that I haven't gotten to yet. It's the one I want to go to more than any of them. Now, what about the American Revolution? Were there any of it in Vermont? Yeah, there was uh, the Battle of Hubbardton. It was in Vermont. Okay. the Battle of Bennington, it was called the Battle of Bennington, but it was actually fought in, in uh, New York, or, in, yeah, New York, mm-hmm. over the border. Um, but there was a small skirmish in Vermont when uh, the, 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 um, the British came down from Canada the year after Ethan Allen fought the British at Elkhorn Island. Right. Um, the British came down from Canada and basically intent on taking Fort Tie back. And the commander of Fort Ty, um, 
basically decided that it wasn't worth the fort wasn't worth his army, and that they were going to retreat and join up with the rest of the Union army. So in the middle of the night, before the British could attack, they basically got the hell out of Dodge, you know, so to speak. And unfortunately, they had a French officer with them, and the and he was living in a log cabin um, outside the fort, and he uh, could not stand the thought of a, a British person living in his cabin, so he lit it on fire. Oh my! Which alerted the British to the retreat. Okay. So the British got to actually chase them a little bit, and that at Hubbardton is where they caught up to the Colonials' rear guard and had a little battle. Wasn't much of one. Wow, but that's a great history lesson, though. Um, but yeah, I was at a Surrender Field in Yorktown. Hmm. That was a that's a fascinating place. I bet it would be. Yeah. Um. But the Civil War. I'm a real buff on the Civil War, and World War Two. I think um, you'll be happy with um, Corden Battle Park reenactment. It's, it's really a great site. So um, Dan will appreciate some feedback next week after you've had a chance to look at it, and I will too. Well, I'll take a look. Uh, but I just, uh, you know, I heard that was the only ones in the north. I'm like, no, wait a minute. I know he came north once before. Matter of fact, it was funny because when he got to the Potomac, he lost a whole lot of his troops. Because a lot of the southern, the southern army entered to protect their homeland. The idea of invading the north was totally repulsive to them, and they didn't do it. They didn't go. I forget how many he lost when he went into Maryland, but there was quite a few that would not cross the Potomac. Mm. Oh. Well, do you have some school stories for us tonight? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I got lots of school stories, I guess. I remember the time I tried to change my grade on my report card. Uh oh. <laughs> no, this is turning out a whole lot better than I expected. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked when I first did it. It was I failed English, and I, I, this was in high school. I was a freshman, and I'd never failed a class before in my life. And uh, I had an electric typewriter, so I turned F into a B, basically. <gasps> on the on the report card, and. Uh, it worked great until my next report card came out, and I forgot that they keep. I had a report card. They showed you the grades for the American period. Oh, you got? Did you get caught? Yeah, I got caught. Mm-hmm. I got because uh, I got my grade up. It was. I think I even got a legitimate B that that third American period. And so I didn't worry about it. I showed the report card to my parents, and my mom's like, "What's this? <laughs> like what? This F what? the second American period." Your mom had a smart cookie. And then she got out the old report card. She, she saw where I changed it. Oh, I got in a lot of trouble. Oh, brother. What happened? Do you remember what kind of punishment you got? Um, I did it No. I think, I, I think that's the blackout, I think. Oh, so my God. I don't know what that was good. What kind of, what, what do you remember about in school? Do you remember about going back to school after summer vacation? Uh not really. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember the first day at, at the high school, which, I mean, I loved elementary school. I, I had a blast in elementary school, but I hated high school. 
interesting. Uh, six years there. of it, I hated every minute of it. About <laughs> high school, tell me. It was just, I don't know, it was just too clickish. Ah, uh, okay. You know, and, and I liked everybody. And everybody seemed to like me. I, I mean, I was fairly popular, and I had friends from all these different cliques, but I had friends who hated each other that didn't even know each other. Oh, my word. And it was like, oh, I mean, you hate him. You don't even know him. But, yeah, but he's a jock, or he's a this, he's a that, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. But I remember the first day there, after my, cause I, I had surgery between my sixth grade and seventh grade year. So when I went the first and this, this was culture shock. I'm going from a school. Uh, all over the floor. So I can remember that. My pencils, my notebook. Wow. Did anybody help you with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... And then I can remember, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, elementary school, that was so long, that was so long ago. Well, you're forgiven. Uh, you remember? I remember making race cars in my desk when I was bored with Play-Doh. <laughs> remember that? You were really a little devil, weren't you? What's that? You were really a little devil. Well, you know, when you're bored, you're bored. You know? <laughs> I suppose. Um, we had, and I had some teachers that were incredibly boring, uh, but I had other ones that were fantastic. Uh, my favorite teacher would probably have to be my creative writing teacher in high school. Ah, interesting. Yeah, she was fantastic. How often did you get to take that class? I took, I took her class twice, and I had it once for English, too. I took creative writing one and creative writing two, my junior senior And what about the schedule? Was it once a week, once a day, once? Oh, it was every day. Every day? No, wait. Every other day. So it was three days a week. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm impressed. Yeah. I forgot. We had A block and B block. And he had different classes on Tuesday. It's kind of like college. Huh? But oh, I loved it. Yeah, she was good. She was really good. Um, and then the I don't know. I, I, I think the best thing I ever I, the best thing about school is getting out. <laughs> you know. I just I always wasn't a school. I mean, I love learning. I still love learning today. Yeah. But what was what was the best time in school? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. That's oh, right. That's fun. That is. Second best time was noon. That too. That'll work. Yeah. I can remember one day. Yeah, I'll never forget this. Um, I was going home with a friend of mine because my mother had owned the bakery. He lived within walking distance of the school. And we just got into school. And it was starting to, it was like sleeting out. Mm. But the darkness all there. It was, this would never happen today. And they were like, well, no, this store's going to be bad. Y'all going home. I mean, we didn't even take our coats off, pretty much. Oh, my. Turned around, we all went back home. And by 11 o'clock that day, it was like 65 degrees, and the sun was out. We were out riding our bikes all day. Oh, 
So you got a freebie day. Yes, we did. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Those kinds fun. of stories are good. They didn't happen too often, so that I didn't forget. What? That's a good <laughs> story. I like that one. Too. That's better than having to go to school on Saturday. Poor Jim, who called in earlier tonight, wound up having to go to school on Saturday morning because they had too many days off. Oh, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been no way in uh, God's earth you would have got me in school on Saturday morning. Oh, that's funny. I remember an Amish book that they, that uh, I could conquer and decide to have Saturday school. Oh, and I don't remember that. Yeah, one. and then that's when the Amish uh, books and the kids were trying to figure out how to get everybody out that day, you know, because they had to go to Saturday school. I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can remember the Cedar Skip Day lecture. Did you guys do Cedar Ship Day? No. No? No. Oh, I thought every senior did that. No. Well, uh, for tradition. You know, at least it was in our school. Uh-huh. And every year, the principal would gather the, the class, you know, the seniors together mm-hmm. and say, look, we know next Friday is Cedar Ship Day, but you are all required to be here. <laughs> They're not official. You will get zeros for the day if you are not here. Yeah, every year, 98% of the seniors don't know. Skip <laughs> day. I never heard that either. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like a winner to me. Oh, yeah, it's a great tradition, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you just take one day, it's like, we're not coming in. Well, I remember for me, especially in elementary school, the last week was just... You know, killing time, playing games, just killing time, because nobody was doing work. Yeah. You know? And I've been on the other end of that as a teacher, and, and you can't get kids to work last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not possible. Yeah. You know? So, you can teach them something through a game, well, great. Got to spend the time there. That's all you've got to do. You going to play games with us tonight? Well, I can try. Oh, you did a great job with that sports CD. Oh, good. You got it. Oh, hooray. Yes, I did. Okay. We won't tell anybody that Patricia did sports stuff, okay? <laughs> I've got a reputation to maintain here. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. Um, the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet had a special car. What did he call it? Oh, I should know this, but I don't. Uh, hang on. I don't know. Oh, we got to get your buzz on that one. All right, let's see here. I should know that, too. Yeah, and you will. As soon as somebody says it, you're going to say, oh, I knew that one. Well, I'll wait till the movie in December. Okay, I got a hard one. Cool. Yeah. This is a hard one. Oh, great. I know it's a hard one. So if you miss it, I'll go to another one. All right, what private detective was an enemy to those who made him an enemy, friend to those who had no friends? I don't listen to the detective shows. Philip Marlowe. We'll cross that one. Walden knows that one right away. He knows that one. Uh Okay, we're we're talking about sidekicks here. Okay. Who who was Rochester? Oh, Jack Betty's uh, valet. Yeah. Or whatever. I know poor Rochester. He was a whatever. <laughs> I've never, I've never known how to refer to him, so I just say valet and whatever. And what's Rochester's full name? And what's Rochester's full name? 
Rochester. Oh goodness. Um, oh. You mean not his not his real name? No, no, his, his full name on the, on the show. Fred, that's yours. I'm no clue. Okay, we'll keep that out for the audience. That's a okay. good one. I mean, I don't want to take it away from No, no, no. No. <laughs> good one. <laughs> You're good, Patricia. Oh, I'm getting cool, aren't I? <laughs> Fred, what can I send you now that you sent me on my foray for sports? What else would you like? Oh, how about if you give me a lot of Bob Hope? How about a CD full of Bob Hope military deals? Bob Hope military. Okay. <laughs> All right. You get it down specifically. They did a lot of them, right? Excuse me? He did a lot of them. Yep. Oh, I know he did. Oh, we've got a special on Bob Hope tonight. Yeah, I know. That's a run on Hope. Yeah. Run on Hope. That's okay. We've got, we got Hope. We got Ace and Charity, too. Yep. We're doing well. Fred? Okay. We'll have Bob Hope. Well, sounds good. All right. You are terrific, and thank you for the story. Thank, thank you for entertaining us, changing your great pork no. card. You guys have a good night. I'll tell you one thing. Your mom would have smart cookies. She spread it out for sure. My gosh. You know. Yeah, well, I wasn't very bright. I, I couldn't realize I kept changing it out of a report card. But... Yeah, right. You didn't, you, that's right. <laughs> no. Silly person, you had to do it a second time, and you missed it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wasn't very, very smart about it. But, that's funny. You know. That's funny. What are you going to do? You're living and you learn. <laughs> you have a great night, and thank you for the caution to the kids who are listening. Do not change the grade unless you're willing to change two. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, the crew has been wonderful tonight. Haven't they, Patricia? We have had some fun. We need some school memories here. School day, school Seven one day. Five. Every day is Seven school one. day. Hello there, caller. You're on with Patricia. Yeah, hi. Uh, Patricia. Ralph calling. Ralph! Ralph, how in the world are you? Did you have a good time with your friends? Oh, we had, we had a real good time. And you're still speaking with each other? Uh, that, that's a friendship that will not perish. Yeah, that'll be there forever. Yeah. It's funny, you know, we, we see each other for maybe five or six years. And, uh-huh. And when we get together, they walk in the door, and it's just like they never left. Oh, that is so cool when you have a friendship like that it just truly doesn't end it, it's yeah well, it's, it's a great deal it is a wonderful thing did you save some cannolis for us well all gone but you know i, I, I don't know. but you know i saw they they had they made the guinness book of world record the larger cannoli oh how good <laughs> did you see that patricia <laughs> I did not. You, I would... you, you two want to guess how, what, what made the largest cannoli in history? <laughs> it, it must have been... Pounds. Make a pounds. Uh, I'm thinking cement truck w- worth of filling here. Um, in pounds, I would say the largest cannoli would be... And this was last week when it made it. 600 pounds. Ralph, what do you think? Oh, my. I, I, don't, I don't have any idea. 123 pounds. Oh, see? Uh, they didn't need me after all. <laughs> <laughs> Who was this? Who, where, where That's a cannoli. I don't know, but I, I, well, I'd never heard of it. It was a one. Patricia sent me an email and tell you, you know, the next day it made the 
News, CBS Hourly News, Elisha Kanoe in the Guinness World Book of World Record, 120. This is really good. Boy, they needed me, Walden, and you didn't let me know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, next time. Yeah. Next time. I, I just need to show up with a fork. We have to just, we just have to, you just have to Google it up. There's probably somewhere on the net. Well. Probably a picture of it. I'm not sure I'd want a week old cannoli that was made out of fork. <laughs> Fresh, maybe, but I don't know about a week old that's been out in the sun for a while. <laughs> they don't age well. No, they don't. They don't. You, you have to eat them or say goodbye. That's too many. Do you have some school stories for us? Uh, I was, I've been trying to think. I think uh, funny story. I had a mean old uh, music teacher. I mean, she was as mean as she could be. And one day... Uh, all those kids were looking out the window and we were laughing. She comes striding over there. What's the matter with you? Get away from there. She looked out the window. And what we were laughing at was some guy was stealing her car. <laughs> <laughs> she let out a shriek and headed down the four, four stories to get down the street. But she was down there. The car was gone. You were you left the class? She she yeah, she took off. She did, but you you. No, uh, we had to stay there. You had to. You were good kids. Uh, we used to call it the. It was a junior jailhouse. <laughs> <laughs> now this was in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. Over in the. What was your story? favorite subject? I'm sorry. Your favorite subject. Um. My favorite subject was my ninth grade science teacher. Did I hear that right? Yeah, I thought she was the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> That's you put that very well. <laughs> you know, I, I I did not like school, and even today, at seventy five years old, if I have a bad dream, it's about school. <laughs> Is that true? It's true. I, I just wow. did not like school. I, I didn't mind working. I didn't mind, you know, learning certain things, but I didn't like school. But I did get up one morning, and I looked at the clock, and I said, oh, my God, I'm late for school. And I grabbed my books, and I headed on down the street. I was about 45 minutes late. Got down to the school. It was all locked up. It was Saturday. Oh my gosh! Ooh. Ever talk to anybody who actually did that? Oh, I actually did it. And you know, the, the worst part of it was walking back home with my books, hoping nobody would see me. <laughs> <laughs> you got there okay. You couldn't get back. <laughs> like a cat, a cat's go upper works better than her come downer. <laughs> nice. You got there, but you had to get back. That's oh, that was funny. That's it was about a, about a mile and a half walk. Oh! It was a pretty good walk. You had to walk past a lot of people on the way back. Oh, yeah. Oh. I never heard anything about it, so I presume that no one saw me. Nobody saw But that's something you would have heard about. <laughs> Do you think so? Do you remember your first day of school? Yes. Tell me about it. Well, I, I remember uh, <laughs> my mom taking me there, and I remember crying like a, oh, I cried like a banshee. Really, where it's at. And then I went in.
into the classroom and I had, well, I don't know. I hate to say the teachers were all mean, but I, it just seemed like I had uh, a very mean first grade teacher. She was, uh, <laughs> uh, her garage burned down while, while I was still in the first grade and all the kids were celebrating and, and singing Old Lady Osborne's Garage Burned Down. God. Your teachers had problems with vehicles and things that were associated with them. Yeah, but I didn't do it. Yeah, well, if you were in class, you're free. We, we yeah. won't question you. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't nail me for that. No. <laughs> I got in enough trouble. Did you really? What, what did you? This is none of my business. What did you get in trouble for? What did you do? Uh, talking online. You know, nothing, nothing really bad. Nothing bad. You didn't break a window and run away, or oh. did you play hooky? Did you ever play hooky? Uh, I played hooky, but uh, not just deciding not to go to school. My father would wake me up and he'd say, "How you feeling?" <laughs> I said, I don't know, I don't feel so good. He said, well, maybe you should go fishing for a couple hours. <laughs> Your dad was some cool guy. Uh, he was He was different. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. How often would he do that? Oh, maybe once a month, something like that. <laughs> Life is harsh. <laughs> good. Unreal. Caught a lot of great fish, too. How, how far away was fishing place for you? Well, it was about um, seven miles. Ooh. And oh. uh, it, was a, it was a lake on the uh, property of a uh, what, what is now a state prison. At that time, it was a reform school. Uh-huh. And he, he was a guard there. So he would call and get special permission to, to go and use the lake, and it was really great. So the two of you would go fishing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, how neat! I thought it was wonderful. Well, I guess you did, but I think so too, and I'm not even there. Do you fish at all? I do not. Well, that's not really true. I don't. I used to, until I got feeling very sorry for the fish. So well, living living down where you do in Florida, you must go blue fishing. No, I mustn't. Oh yeah, gotta do it. Why? Oh, they're so great. My my wife, <laughs> poor Tony, she threw her line in the water up in Long Island Sound. Yeah. And she hooked into a 14-pound bluefish. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot. It took her about, about a half hour to land this thing. And these are the kind of fish, when you get them in the boat, you have to hit them in the head because... Their teeth are so so sharp, they'll, they'll take a thumb off. They, they, they call them uh, uh, sea wolves or uh, choppers. These are not pets. No, you don't want to try and make friends with one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, and after that, uh, Tony has never, ever passed up a chance to go fishing. No kidding, she really likes it. Oh, she's she's there, ready to go. Oh my goodness. So, okay. 
Uh, somebody who loves Abe's Irish Rose is not supposed to like to kill fish. Well, you know, the, that program, I, I vaguely remember it, and uh, for some reason it's stuck in Tony's head. And she says, see if they know anything about that. But I, I got one. How about Tailspin Tommy? Boy, that's a new one on me. Walden, do you know that name? Yep, I do. I, 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 and, I, and I know the show's available. Yeah, really? Yes, I know that. It was sort of, sort of like a Captain Midnight thing. Uh-huh. All you heard was the airplane yep. taking off. Yep, yep. <laughs> Tailspin Tommy. Tommy. Uh-huh. Tommy, yeah. All right. Is that one that you want? Because you want a CD. I did? Of course. When? You did. <laughs> yeah, I'd be very interested in Tailspin Tommy. I'll see if I can find it. I've only heard him on the radio uh, in recent years, maybe once. All right, well, I'll I'll see what I can do. Um, Walden, did we actually ask him a question? No. We didn't. All right. See, I. But what about school? That's all. Well, that's a, he won a question. I mean, my gosh, you know. I mean, <laughs> anybody gets to go fishing once a month. That's one of your, that's one of your guys, you know. I'm going to argue with somebody who gets out of school once a month. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Especially with his dad's permission. I know. Okay. Um. I. I. Did I ask you about the Green Hornet or was that Fred? That was Fred. Oh, you, no, you didn't. Okay, the Green Hornet. What was the name of his car? Oh, his car was called a. Uh, Black Beauty. Very good. See, I knew you were going to have a CD. <laughs> this is good, yes. Black Beauty. Green Hornet's car was Black Beauty. That's right. And I, I used to get such a kick out of how he got to the car. He went through a secret passageway in the, uh, hidden in the walls of the building. And right. As if nobody knew they were there. And then the wall opened up and this car shot out. You could just picture it happening. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. You know, we listen to these as adults and think, well, everything sounded so real on first pass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just didn't stop to pick apart things like didn't he make any noise in the secret passageway, you know? Yeah, it, it was, uh, you had to have a good imagination. And good writers. There was. Well, I'm sure. That, yeah, absolutely. Oh, an awful lot of good writing on those shows. Sit and listen to them, and yeah, I, I don't. I could picture everything that was happening. I could see it in my mind. Uh huh. Cool. Anyway. Well, I'm really disappointed about the cannolis, but. Um, yeah. Well. Listen. Even in spite of not having any cannolis, I will do my best to find Tailspin Tommy. Boy, are you <laughs> folks giving me challenges here? This is cool. Tailspin okay. Tommy. Yeah, I remember it. Tailspin Tommy. Well, then you promised me they're available, right? Yeah, yes, they are. Okay. Mm. All right. Yep. I'm going to, I'll do my underground search. I've got some underground places that I search for these things, Ralph. I will find it if it's out there. It sounds like people keep you pretty busy doing your <laughs> research. Yeah, she doesn't work for a living. She looks for stuff instead. I look for stuff. <laughs> if, I, if I could make a living working for looking for stuff, I would do pretty well. Lately, I'm doing really well. I haven't had to say no to an awful lot of people. I don't think I've said no to anybody. Uh, She's been doing not good. Not recently, anyway. So good. I will yeah. do my homework. I, I guess I'm about done. i got to go to bed soon. <laughs> We had a garage, a garage sale this weekend. Oh, gosh. I want to tell you. A lot of work. 
More money than I ever made in, in two days in my whole life. No joke? Had a lot of good stuff. No joke. Wow. Oh, it was a great garage sale. Wow, that is super. You got And you got the place cleaned out? Oh, got rid of a lot of stuff. And you know you meet the nicest people, too. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Fun stuff. What was the biggest thing that you sold? Oh, let's see. Uh, the biggest thing was a, uh, a Honda uh, four-track ATV. Wow. That was a big one. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I hated to sell that. Mm. But I got no business riding around on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, for your <laughs> My bones are getting brittle. For your safety's sake, I'm glad it's gone. They really are dangerous, but my goodness, are they a lot of fun. Oh, it was a real kick. I I, call, I nicknamed it the whiz-bang. <laughs> and, I, you know, we have a few acres here. We have five acres. And I, I cut trails all over my property so I could ride this thing without ever going off of my property. Uh-huh. And I, I had a wonderful time with it. Wow. I'm glad you survived it. Oh yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty cautious these years, but uh, yeah, you know those things will go where where no man has gone before. They are something else. <laughs> you are too funny. Okay, well, t um, Tailspin Tommy, not Tommy Tailspin. Tailspin Tommy. Tailspin Tommy. All right, if I can't find it, I'm fired. No. We're gonna we're gonna retain you. Oh really? Yeah. Oh cool. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll still I'll still do my best. All right. Listen, it's been real nice talking to you. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Ralph. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Good night, folks. Good night, Bye Ralph. Bye. What a wonderful evening this is. Seven one four five four five two zero seven. You guys make the show. We are having. We're having a lot of fun, and let's have... Hello there, Carl. You're on with Patricia. Hey, guys. Hi. How are you doing? You're back? Yeah, well, I, no, I'm still here. You're still here. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to be with us tonight. Well, uh, uh, everybody's asleep, and I, I came in at my son's computer, and here I am. And here we are. See? <laughs> this is... I'm really grundled. <laughs> means you're still awake. Yes, but you know what I'm saying when I say I'm grundled? No. It's better than being disgruntled. Oh. Oh. All right. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I, I just let that one slide right by. I thought it was a word that I should have known. <laughs> Incidentally, the caller just before, there's Tailspin Tommy's uh, movie serials, too. Oh, I didn't know. I said, this is a name that's brand new to me. I did not know that. There's, I think there's a couple of them. They're, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Did you fly with a guy whose nickname was Tailspin? I don't think I... I don't think so. I, I wouldn't fly with a guy who had only one other seat in a plane. <laughs> I wouldn't fly with a guy who had five other seats in a plane. <laughs> I want, if, I, if I go down in a plane, I want to go down with a lot of people. A oh. lot of people. Also, a lot of people are going to be praying. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to depend on five other people to pray me out of a situation. That's true. If you've got 120 people on a plane, boy, you got a lot of prayers. That's right. Your chances of survival better. <laughs> right. That's good. 
somebody's got to have a connection. Yeah. <laughs> By 119 that you're left, there's going to be one. That's right. It's going to be his time. It's like, you know, people say, well, it's it's our time or it's my time or you're never going to go before it's your time. I don't want to be sitting next to the guy whose time it is, you know? There you go. So we, we have some problems there. But um, so it's good it's good to hear from you. No, I'm sorry I can't play a blooper up the line, but I don't have my equipment over here. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to put that one on hold. You got your envelope. I did, yeah. It came and the Eagle landed with uh, very few stops along the way or cancellations. I think they're cute. Uh, for people, I hope we've got people who have been following this saga, which means you've got to be listening almost every week. I sent something to Nolan, and along the way, the stamps never got canceled. So he put something in the envelope back to me, and the stamps weren't canceled. So I opened the envelope and put something in for him and sent it back to him, and the stamps still aren't canceled. So I'm just going to put something in an envelope, and in this envelope, and send it back to me and see whether or not we still have a friend in the post office. <laughs> I think we've got somebody in there who's, who's in on this, you know? Uh, maybe the way we come up with a package is shaped just so it avoids the uh, machinery, I guess. Yeah, it's it's just oh my goodness, we're <laughs> this is really good. Maybe it's just missing. I don't know. Do they have to? They don't have to hand stamp those no, envelopes not any, any longer, I think. No, but anyway, it's it's fun. It's fun. Yes, um, it is. When we were kids, my my parents and I'll say that my my father and his brother and my mother and the other one's wife, the four of them, had a thing going every year. They would send the same Christmas card back and forth every year. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, they would scratch out last year's message and put in this year's message and put it in an envelope and send it back. And it was just the thing that they did, and this is turning into our thing. We're sending the same envelope back and forth here. I had a young man that worked for me that asked me to – the secretary could save all of the envelopes that did not have canceled stamps on it. Uh-huh. Not like our package. Oh, and here, he, she tore them off of the envelope and just put them in another envelope and saved them for him. And at the end of the year, he must have had 10 or $15 worth of postage. <laughs> Got a real thing going there. And I hope nobody's listening that um, somebody who, who would knock on your door or my door and say, huh? you know what you're doing isn't legal. I have a I had a great aunt Mabel who ran a uh, hardware store in Colorado who was <clears throat> tight with a dollar, and so you know if you on the good side of her is you got a brand new Christmas card. Ah. If you didn't, you got the reused one. You know that's. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. I like that. I first got into radio as a kid. I found out that the celebrities. The entertainers would send Christmas cards every year. The record companies would send them. Their picture would be on it and be an autograph. Mm-hmm. I started saving them from that Christmas, and the following Christmas I would send them peace meal to uh, the girlfriend that I had at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just one every second day or something, she'd get Johnny Mathis, and she might get Elvis, and she might get the Ames Brothers or something like that. And she was so impressed because she thought she was getting them because I knew those people. <laughs> <laughs> You never helped her get over to the other side of the truth. Never, never. Oh, the other side, what? Uh, the other side of the truth. 
Like oh, no. You never, I never told her the rest of the story. <laughs> you, you never fessed up. Good for you. Good for you. What kind of a school story do you have for us? I was trying to think when you all were talking about that. I, the, um, I had a tendency to be the class clown. You probably wouldn't have never, you would have never guessed that. No, I wouldn't. I would have thought you were a goody two-shoes. I'm just a very serious person and student as well. I remember one summer, we didn't have air conditioning in the school, and we sure, they sure do now, but this is Georgia. Heat is terrible. But somehow we didn't miss it because we never had it in school. Yeah. Uh, the windows were open. And I was in this uh, in, in history class, and there was a rack outside. And where we were seated, you couldn't look out the windows. You had to stand up in order to look out the windows. And there was a, what sounded like a really bad rack out just on the corner. Everybody ran to the windows and everything and, and was looking at it. Teacher finally got class settled down again, and uh, in about two minutes, there was sound that was ever, ever uh, bit as loud as a gunshot. Wow! And I looked out the window and I, I said, "Miss Brown, they settled that wreck out of court." <laughs> <laughs> that was good. How old were you with that one? Again, they, uh, the class was disrupted. She had wasn't pleased by joke. How old were you when you did that one? That one was a freshman in high school. That was that was pretty juvenile, I guess. You're a freshman in high school. You were being cool on that one. I like that in grade school, except the uh, trip to the school was, was exactly one mile. And in the wintertime, conversely, talking about the summer, it is cold in Georgia. Near the Tennessee line, we're pretty far north. And uh, I would ride my bicycle in the school, and this is second, third grade. And I was talking to this uh, young lady at our last class reunion, and I said, you know what I remember about you is that your mother brought you to school in the heated Buick, and I was right around the corner with the janitor trying to pry my frozen hands off my handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were such a princess, you know. Uh -huh. Yeah. And she was great. She turned out to be fine. You know, some of those spoiled brats don't do too well. Uh, yeah. How about your best subject? Um, science, but uh, I say that quickly because it's true. Mm. I really loved it. I loved the, uh, you know, the chemicals and sometimes electronics and, and electric projects and things like that. Uh -huh. so, yeah, that's how I got interested in radio was because of the, first of all, was the technical part of it. And then somebody let me get on the air and then the ham came out and I did a little bit of both, mainly uh, the, on the talent side. Uh-huh. Do you remember... Um, doing a routine before school started, like did you shop for clothes or did you shop for notebooks or anything like that? Yeah, let's see. Um, sure. Uh, and lunch boxes were, that was a big deal every year. Uh, but, uh, and I did well in lunchbox. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, but I, can't, I can't remember anything beyond that. I, I guess uh, shoes probably. On the lunch boxes, were they like Hopalong Cassidy or other other uh, stars on the outside of the lunch boxes? No, I don't remember them being. I think that came later. It might be with television, but I'm talking. Um, well, the television was on. I wasn't that old. Television was out. I don't know why. Why I don't remember that, but to me they were playing, and I, I really misspoke. We didn't get one every year. I guess it was. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe filling the lunch box was exciting. Yeah. What I was going to get at noontime. Yeah. But uh, and I, I hadn't thought about that, but I don't remember having a lunch box with a, a hero on it. 
No hero. What kind of desk did you have? I had those, um, the, you, you talk about they're not made for a lefty. Ah, okay. But this is a, you put books under under the seat. Mm-hmm. You can, and then there's a right side is about half a desk. Right. Cut away. So uh, it, left-handers are—it's a—it's a right-handed world. There's no doubt about it. It is. Didn't they have any uh, to accommodate left-handed students? Uh, not in those days. Uh, they later, but and, and clipboards are impossible for a left-handed person. If you think about it, you hit that big uh, silver clip. Mm-hmm. The way we do, you know, your wrist is kind of curved. That's right. You'd have to hold them upside down. I never even thought about that. I would just slip them out of the, out of the, under the clasp and right on my, that way. But uh, yeah, never it's even awkward. about a notebook. Did you? I, I was going to just the name. You were talking about Lone Ranger's horse or Chano's horse. Yeah. In the, in the 1938 serial, Republic serial, he was called White Fella. That's it. All right. No one, you got it. Nobody knows that. That's it. You got it, no one. I thought it was kind of racist myself. But... Boy, you you deserve everything in my files for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but they named that horse the tenth episode in the series in 1933, White Fella. So they... It was all right. There, yeah. there were two serials. Uh, one um, in, in 39, I, I think, and uh, right. one in 38. And uh, one, those are very collectible, but most of them not were, had Spanish subtitles. Right. They, they, and, and it really kind of ruined the, the uh, effect. I made an attempt to, to try to change that back. I got, the, uh, I got several versions. I got the French version. Now, that would give you the, the, uh, the it, would be tra- it would be dubbed. In, in the French. Then you got the Spanish version, which gave you the English lines being spoken in English, but Spanish subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you told you that. I've forgotten the last one that we that I used. Well, first of all, there was a feature-length movie of the Lone Ranger uh, made from that serial. So you, if you got that, it, you got a big chunk of it in English. And But I put the... Uh, how did that work? One one was clear. Oh, I know what it was. We took the French version and put the dialogue from the uh, the other movie that, that, that had subtitles and had the lines spoken. And the funniest thing about that, that I recall, is when, when they dubbed it, they had this scene of the Conestoga wagons going out of this port, and, the, and they're they're going out. They have, uh, the coast is clear, and they're leaving the port, and they're all waving goodbye, and the women are out there, and the men, and there's these big Folks of men saying au revoir, au revoir. <laughs> Frontier sissy, then. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Some things just don't translate. Did you remember your cologne? Did you? <laughs> That's funny. That that does not translate well to a cowboy movie. Oh, that that was that was funny. When I first retired, I took on that task and. I had, I'm really a sound editor guy, you know, with tape. This is not, this is just tape with pictures. Yeah. But um, somebody else has done a much better job than I did with uh, Serial Squadron in the, uh, in the computer, serialsquadron.com. Those folks really did a good job. But um, I tried anyway. Kind of fun. 
you're a wow, there, I had the only English-speaking copy in the world. <laughs> you were very popular. The reason for that was uh, is that the conditions that George Trendle gave the public pictures would be the condition that they would destroy the negatives after the first two or three runs, uh-huh. and then it became very hard to find. It was that they found them in foreign countries. And yeah. Different places like that, and brought them back. In exchange for them having the rights, they also gave Trendle the music they used as material, so he could use it on the radio show. And a lot of that music that you hear was—you will find very familiar if you ever watched the serial because that's where it originated. And they, they even went across into Mexico to the recording studios to avoid paying the musicians union wages. No kidding. Yeah, if there was a way to cut a corner, he just got knew it. Oh, my goodness. Duffy's Tavern in Puerto Rico and music in Mexico. <laughs> We've got good things here. That's, did Carla Murray tell that story about recording in uh, Puerto Rico? Uh, well, I, I, Martin Graham dug it up the first time. I think John Dunning mentioned it in his book that uh, that's how Ed Gardner was notorious. For saving a buck, and what he also did, he because he moved the radio show to Puerto Rico to save a buck, then he started to shortchange NBC for postage. He, he would he was you know send the uh, the first show normal postage, and then every week he started to pay less and less in postage. So NBC was being shortchanged; they had to cover the postage to get the show. That sounds like Patricia. <laughs> Pretty yeah, but we're. We're okay. We don't put too few stamps on there. <laughs> Just keep using them. <laughs> Courts and crime. You've never had to pay out of pocket when it got there, right? No, it, it's not harming anybody. <laughs> Victimless crime. It's not harming me, and it sure is providing some entertainment along the way here. I hope it hangs on for a while. This will be fun. <laughs> There you go. So even if you don't have something to send me, just put it back in the in the mailbox and see what happens. I'll think of something. I, I found a uh, 75th anniversary of radio. Uh-huh. The National Association of Broadcasters and several other advertising agencies put together a great campaign. It's a good history lesson up to 75 years. I guess we're 100 years now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we're, about, we're about there. You're absolutely right. Yeah, 100 years. That ought to be a big one. Mm-hmm. But I thought you might like to add it with your uh, other my, historical items. With my history stuff. Yeah, thank you. And I'll, and there's a CD. I'll send both of you. I'll give, uh, I only have one copy of the, big, the magazine that they put out, but I have I can make copies of the CD. Mm-hmm. It okay. starts out with, uh, what was it, the Harding presidential race with, on the... Uh, yeah, in 1920. Yes. Starts off with that, and and it goes step by step all the way up into singing jingles for radio stations, and then Chicken Man comes along. And <laughs> it's really well done. I I had forgotten about it. In fact, it's been on the shelf It'd be about twenty years, I guess. Wow. Well, I'm but, glad you're resurrecting it. I, I'm glad you like the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> that, that's so good. And so, by the way, in this uh, CD collection, the uh, Dick Orkin does a, a radio commercial, commercial for radio. Uh-huh. You'll recognize his voice immediately. Well, I, as I said, as I was downloading the tooth fairy that I came across, um, I, I was just losing it. And I'm not normally into that kind of humor. 
but it was so well done. And for anybody who's listening, Tooth Fairy was a series done by Dan, what, what's his last name? Orkin, Dick Orkin. Arkin, okay. And, uh, he he was the one who did Chicken Man, and these are just really short. They're like two to three minutes, and none of them are even three minutes long, but they're in a series. And uh, Tooth Fairy, he is actually playing the role of the Tooth Fairy in this particular series, and it just I just lost it. I sat here and laughed as these things were downloading. Is uh, the nurse's name is Hellfinger? Pardon? The nurse's name for the Tooth Fairy, the nurse's name, Miss Hellfinger, she was always, uh, he was always her foil for things that were coming in. Right. <laughs> good stuff. You've got good taste, and I thank you for, for adding to my life on that one, Nolan. I never even would have known it was out there. And don't forget the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, well, Tooth Fairy is what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, Chicken Man. Yeah, Chicken Man I, I knew was out there. Um, and I haven't listened to them. I did save them. I didn't dump them by any means. So I have to go back and listen to Chicken Man, but I also have to listen to The Tooth Fairy from start to finish. This, this one is a do not miss. Further so, Adventures of the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, Tooth Fairy. So anyone who would please call later and answer a trivia question, I will send The Tooth Fairy to you and even Chicken Man. Yeah. And it was a good collection. So, so you're um, with your little munchkins. Yeah, they're they're in the next room, just snoozing. How old are they now? Just out of warranty. They're a year old. They're just out of warranty. Okay. <laughs> and these are twins. Yes, uh, not identical, but they are twins. And you love them to pieces. Oh yeah, they now they hold their arms up for me to pick them up. Oh. And it's just so much fun. I'm so glad you're having fun with them. Yeah, it, it's really uh, really special. I've heard about this all my life, about people talking about grandchildren, but I never knew how it, how it would be. Don't know till you do it. That's what you said. It, it took that one moment when you saw them, and then it was all over for you. <laughs> That's right. What, what, what do you want? What have I got? You can have anything I have. <laughs> All right, Nolan, I owe you a CD, boy. Anybody who knows Tonto's, the original name of Tonto's horse, gosh, that was good. Okay, what can I send you? You know what? I, the, the caller was talking about the Green Hornet earlier. Uh-huh. I don't have many of those, or maybe none. I'm, if you've got some of those, I'd like to hear them. I have Green Hornet. Okay. You will have Green Hornet. There is very good. You know, I have one somewhere, and I'll, I'll play it at the line one night with um, John Todd, the author of the uh-huh. series Forever. Right. He takes a part on a straight part on Green Hornet, and it's so interesting to hear him talk in the normal tone, you know, without choppy sounds. The one I'm thinking, uh, one of them uh, sticks out in my memory with the Green Hornet. He played uh, Brett Reese's dad in the 1947 November episode. That's well, it? Yeah. That's the one because they're talking about... Uh, the origin of the Lone Ranger, the origin of the, uh, of the Brett Reese story, or the Green Hornet story. Well, that's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That's a fine man. 
But it's, you're gonna you're gonna have to listen and report back then. I will. Yes. <laughs> and then you know, 1952, uh, your buddy Fred Floyd with the announcer on the Green Hornet series. Oh, really? Yes. And, oh. Did, uh, and also, Ray Beamer took the part of, of the Green Hornet after the Ranger ended. Right, right. He, he took it. He took that too. Yeah, absolutely. Fine. Definitely a family affair. You know, the guy all over WXYZ looking for work, and they all found in one spot. Just a family. Yep, yep. They did the three Lone Rangers and two Green Hornets out of there a week, I think. Steady work. So as long as you didn't get in trouble with uh, Fred Flower Day or uh, or any of, those, any of the directors, you had a job, jo- you got a job, you know. I heard uh, George W. Trundle wasn't the easiest guy to work with. No, no. I think the, my favorite story is John um, John Hodiak was a radio actor, went in after a pay increase, Turno turned him down, and he was storming out, and he went to Hollywood and became a big-time movie star. Uh. <laughs> so, so, so for him, it worked out. Yeah, for him, it worked out. You know the other side of that story? What's that? Fred Foy uh, had someone that he met in the Army that invited him to come out to California mm-hmm. and that he had something for him. And he got out there, and he, he resigned this is a pre-Ranger day. Right. He resigned at WXYZ and went out to Hollywood, and it uh, didn't work out. Mm. And he called back and talked to whoever the program director was, and but he come back, and they said, well, we just happened to have, we'll have an opening, and he came back, going down the hallway, and Mr. Trendle passed. Now, Fred told me this story, so I'm not... Yeah. And he passed, he passed Mr. Trendle in the, holly, in the hallway, and Mr. Trendle said, oh, the Hollywood Flash is back. <laughs> Well, you know, um, here's a here's a good trivia question for both of you. What famous movie star and television star did sound effects on the Lone Ranger in 1940? Oh, Oh. Sunny Tops. No. See, I I don't want to take this one. You go ahead, Nolan. No, you know? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, well, he he, he he founded he founded a children's hospital oh, in Thomas? the south. Yes, with Danny Thomas. Is that right? Yes. He did do sound effects. Yes, he uh, went to um, the Bickersons. Yep. He he was Amos Jacob was his real name. He was an actor in Detroit. Struggled so bad that he did horse whinnies on the Lone Ranger in the season of 1940, and then of course connected under Danny Thomas and the rest of history. Do you know who was the uh, voice of Mr. Ed? I do. Yeah. Rocky Lane, right? Excuse me. Rocky Lane, right? That's right. Yeah. Adam Rocky Lane. Yeah. He was a cowboy hero in my childhood, and but he's one of the most disliked people on in Republic Pictures lot. And that this is in his book or biography, right? Uh, autobiography. Hmm. He was very very unpopular his fellow workers. He was very arrogant and would second guess directors and want to change angles and do things to make him look better. <laughs> was, and we all, and when he was buried at his funeral was his mother, right. his agent, and a paid mourner. Wow. That's not too that's happy. Bad. No. Oh, not the way you want to be remembered. To us, to us kids, he was just a, yeah, you know, this handsome guy on the you know, shooting the guns and sure. saving the damsel and all that. Mm-hmm. The song, the horse, the horse, of course, of course. 
who uh, went by the songwriting team Jay Levins and Ray Jay Livingston and Evans, who wrote a lot of famous Oscar award-winning movie songs. But the uh, the budget was so tight and the producer was so cheap, uh, Jay had to wind up singing his own song. <laughs> and it wound up being a like smash hit, you know, call it the Mr. Red theme song. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Jay Livingston. Did Danny Thomas play uh, a radio part? Uh, was he the... Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, I tried to think He was on... Andy? Go ahead, Patricia. He was on one of your favorite series. Who? Danny Thomas. Oh, he was on the Bickersons. He played the brother. He played uh, Blanche Bickerson's brother. brother. Yeah. And it was um, Amos. He Amos. played Amos. What am I thinking of? Uh, there's a uh, character that I think Luigi or or uh, mm-hmm. live with Luigi. Life with Luigi with mm-hmm. um, Carol. Luigi uh, uh, Carol. Um, <sighs> Carol. Carol. His last name is Carol. Help me here, Nolan. Uh, Jay Carol Nash. That's it. That's it. Okay. I was confused. I thought Danny Thomas maybe played that part. But... And also the uncle on that, or his step, uh, hopeful future uh, father-in-law, who never got, was played by uh, um, Teddy Bergman, who wound up being Alan Reed, who is more, more people know as Fred Flintstone. So that's the voice you hear on that on that show. Jumping around, but we were talking about Lone Ranger and Brace Beamer earlier. Mm-hmm. I had somebody ask me once, is his name really Brace? You know, it sounds like such a great radio name, but how could that happen? Turns out that Grace is his mother's maiden name. Ah, oh, well, I don't know if more people know that he was underage in World War One. He right. fought at age 14. He went overseas and fought in World War One at age 14. Wow. And... The scout story I wanted to tell, because Brace always talked about it, and I know no one probably knows it. John Todd had a tendency to fall asleep, even during the radio show. He was in his 80s. Yeah, he was in his 80s, and he was a Shakespearean actor, and uh, uh, it was some actor's duty to sort of wake him up, to get him in time to get up on the microphone to read his next line. And so he was sitting in his chair and sort of dozed off. Well... Uh, the ranger and Tano were upstairs in a hotel, you know, doing uh, some investigational work. And uh, Brace said, okay, Tano, I think it's time for us to leave. I think we need to get out of here. And they woke up John Todd and he said, get up, scout. And here they were still on the second floor of the hotel, you know. So you never know. You never know. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. Right. Nolan was my mother's maiden name. Ah. That's where that came from. Ah. That's a strong name, too. Now, Brace, did he take that as an actor's name, or was that really his first name? Uh, I understand it was really his first name. Really was his first name. Yeah. Well, then how common was it, or was it common at all? It was it done at all to have radio actors change their names like we see in movies and on television? I don't, I'm not sure about actors, but disc jockeys were very, uh, did that often. Did, would disc jockeys try to get two jobs in the same city at the same time and use different names? I don't, I don't know. There, uh-huh. there was a guy named uh, 
what what was it? I can't think of it right off, but he, he was he played that played the music on the morning show in one city and moved to another one did afternoon. <laughs> Join. Well um mutual, not mutual, monitor. The performers on Monitor, they would keep their own names, but they would do more than one show, sometimes on the same day, frequently on the same day. Hmm. Well, my, uh, I worked at the first Top 40 station I worked for up in Chattanooga. Was, uh, they didn't like my name, so they changed it to Ken Nolan, which gave it, you know, three letters, uh-huh. one syllable, first name. And so so that, that was fine. I didn't care what I called myself, just so they didn't. So they kept me on the payroll. Sure. And I, uh, I would stumble over it occasionally, you know. <laughs> you call me anything you want, just make sure it's on the paycheck. Okay. <laughs> but it, so if all things stumble on your name, the person listening must think that that guy's not very good. You shouldn't be familiar with that by now. You know? oh, that's, that's funny. You know, I mean, you've, you've got such a, a good name for broadcasting that they would even think to change it is surprising to me. I don't know. I think they thought, you know, one syllable names like Dick Clark or I can't think of any other examples, but that's that's really what they were striving for mm-hmm. as far as I could. Got it. Something easy to remember. Yeah. Easy to understand on the, uh, on the air. Well, I was thinking some of the famous uh, rock and roll disc jockeys like uh, Wolfman Jack. I mean, his, his real name was just Bob Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so he probably had guys who had maybe a con- common ordinary name who need to jack it up a little bit, I guess. I don't know. I guess, who, who, general, who would who would ask that? Would that be generally the station owner, the management, I guess, known that would ask somebody to change their name? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The program director would probably be the one. Call in and say, I'm trying to think of another example. Somebody's talked about that in there. Maybe it was a singer that they didn't. That happens a lot, too. Sure. Uh, I don't know that much about radio actors, but it could be. Those guys seldom, those oh. guys seldom get credit. I got, I got an idea. You, you remember the movie star Stuart Granger, the 1950s? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. What, what's his real name? Ooh, he was very big in Germany, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Not Stuart Granger? Nope, but... I wouldn't have had a clue. James Granger. Think of another famous movie star name. Oh. Oh, he, oh, 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 okay. I've read this one. Yeah, huh. For a couple of them uh-huh. who had to change. Oh, I don't know. It was one of them. Stuart Granger's real name is Jimmy Stewart. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. Of uh. all the millions and trillions of names somebody could wind up with, yeah. it's astounding. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. I mean, that happened to more than one person. I never would have guessed that one. I would never win a CD from me is what the problem is here. Well, my understanding of Bobby Darren, you know what Bobby Darren's real name is? Oh, yes. But don't ask me right now. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, it's uh, something very Italian, I think. I'm guessing. What is it? It's Walden Hughes. No, I've read that somewhere, and uh, Chuck McCann, Chuck McCann uh, verified that he was close friends of Bobby Darren. So if I go out on the internet, what's it going to tell me? I don't know. Everything I don't know. on the internet is true. It might be, you know. But you know, who knows? Maybe that's wrong. But I've heard that on a couple of different occasions. I say it again. I didn't hear it. Yeah. 
Walden Hughes, he said. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, I know that uh, he got his, he made up his last name from the word Mandarin. He, right. he saw it on a sign outside a hotel room and did some changing of the letters a little bit and came out with Darren. Uh-huh. I always have a soft spot for, for Bobby Darren. I don't know if you've ever read George Burns' best book, Gracie, A Love Story. He talked. He talked about the night when he lost Gracie, and Bobby Darren was so worried about. He stayed over at Joy's house just to sweep downstairs, just to make sure Joy had company in the house. Wow! And I thought that's pretty. That's pretty nice. I had no idea they were. Yeah. Both. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think that's a pretty nice tribute to uh, Bobby Darren to thank thank him enough about Joy to do that. Yeah, he seemed. Kind of uh, cocky and brash. Yeah. Remember, and yeah. It, it seems kind of out of character, but yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, folks, I've taken up enough time with trivia. And... Well, gosh. It's always fun. The Black Beauty will be in your mailbox. Oh, I'll wait for the envelope to come back. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll have something in there for you. If we have to send just a stick of gum or something. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just going to be crushed if somebody's little magic stamp winds up punching our envelope. Yeah, we'll have to find out who does that. <laughs> send out, we'll send out Yukon King. He'll find woo, it. Woo, woo. You, you want to take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon again. All right, Nolan. Hey, Nolan. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a funny evening this is. 714-545-2071. You can call. Join the party. Join the family. Party. The family here. The family love story. We love you to be called here. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. What a good active evening. Hello there, Carl. You're on with Patricia. All right, Patricia. Yes. <laughs> Got another one for you. Okay. It's Jeff Gilbert. Oh, hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> But Do you want I heard one or are you, you going to give one to me? I heard you talking about Green Hornet. Uh-huh. This is a three-parter, and you might know the first part. Front row. You probably do, but... Can I help one, her? Can I help her? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we told him. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. first part of the question is... What is the name for the theme of the Green Hornet? What is the actual tune called? That's the Flight of the Bumblebee. Okay. Could we stop now? No. <laughs> Please? Okay. Second part is who wrote it and three... When was it written? Oh, one out of three is going to be great. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do know that um, Flight of the Bumblebee was what started the war between Jack Benny and Fred Allen. I'm, I'm, I'm like Walden now. I don't know the answers, I, I but I'll tell you everything I know. <laughs> I don't know. I okay. really don't know. Who, who wrote it? Nikolai um, Rajanovich Korshnikov, 
who is who wrote it. He wrote it in 1899. I, never, I thought it was earlier. That's amazing. I didn't yes, realize. I have a question. Yep. Did you really think I could know the answer? Well, you have so much knowledge of the old shows. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you would know it or not. I figured it, you know, was worth a try. I, I just want to make sure that I have everybody buffaloed that they think I'm smart or something. <laughs> thank you for thinking I might be able to answer that, and that's a sincere thank you on my part. I wouldn't know where to begin. Well, I, we looked it up after the first week of hearing trivia, uh -huh. and I keep, I've kept meaning to call back Saturday and then here it is, Sunday, and oh, damn, I forgot to call back. <laughs> Dang, I should say. Well, that's okay. <laughs> and and uh, we finally remembered tonight, just to refresh memory, uh, before I called, and I've had a heck of a time getting through. Well, it's been tough. Did we, you, have you listened to the top of the show? Did you hear me talking about you? No. Oh, didn't, good. Didn't good. hear that. Yeah, well, that's good. He said you've been buddies for a very long time. That is true. <laughs> no, he didn't say anything bad. He said 35 years. That's you know pretty, what's, pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> Patricia's topic of the name of school days, and that's what got me thinking about. I know. Yeah, so you got... We've heard, we heard quite a few. I, I, bet you're ready to, I bet you're ready to tell a few school stories, aren't you? Um... I could, but it, oh, I think you, you, know, should. you get the two of us started, and we may take the rest of trivia. <laughs> well, I think the audience might enjoy a couple of stories. Yeah. Oh, geez, where to start? What's the um, best memory you have, the one that makes you feel the best when you think about your days in school? The time when Jeff and I walked off the stage? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. What did you do? It was during a concert. We were in uh, on stage performing. On stage, it was a concert. It's when they used to have um, music as one of the subjects during school. Mm -hmm. And we had a lady uh, who would come once a week and teach us, and then um, once fall semester and once spring semester we would put on concerts and I do remember the, what what he's talking about I also remember that her name was Mrs. Heckman yep and, basically uh, everybody referred to her as drill sergeant <laughs> Because if we had guys horsing around or vice versa, she would threaten to take members of the opposite sex and place them in between however many people were involved in it, the discussion. She would take a member of the opposite sex and place the odd number or even number of people in between each person to break them up. <laughs> How many people were in between? Uh, 
many times did it happen to the two of you? I'm trying to think. Did it ever happen to us? I don't think so. I don't think. I think we got away with murder. Serious? I think we got away with murder. Yeah. So we were on stage performing and Uh intermission. And Jeff and I accidentally walked off stage, so we fell a few feet off the ground. Yeah. You you fell off the stage? Uh Uh-huh. It was... How tall was that? Uh, I would say at least three or four feet high. Yeah, about that. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. (laughs) You went as a team? Yes. Well, I guess friends are... Friends are... (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You don't want to let a friend do something like that by himself. Okay. You remember, Walden, I forget if it was elementary school or junior, I think it was elementary school or mm-hmm. junior high, yep. that we um, had the last day of class, we would have a water fight, us against the teacher. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I think it was elementary school, yeah. I think it was elementary school, yeah. and I forget it. Who you got if you got um, Mrs. Caldwell or... Mrs. Lewis, huh? <laughs> Miss Lewis, who you got, but you got a hold of the hose or something and got one of them absolutely drenched. Uh... And even though it was... 90 degrees out or better in the last day of school. Here was half an hour to an hour later, and she still wasn't dry yet. This was willingly the teachers got into water fights with Uh Uh-huh. Get the the water hose. the very last day of school. Yeah. Well, bless their hearts. You know, that was one one of the things we look forward to every year in a, during the last week. Was the opposite of hazing. It was a fun thing. Yeah, I love exactly. it. What a neat thing for teachers to do. Uh huh. Well, you remembered that part. You might not it, have remembered it, your grades. Or you remember? The remember? History. Remember time we wiped off the teacher's desk in junior high school? Yes. <laughs> we decided to play a, a April Fool's joke on the teacher, so we took everything off his desk while he was in the room and wiped it clean. I remember that. Yeah. While he was in the room? No, while he was out of the room. Out of the room. Yeah. That was Mr. Holtzman? Yeah. So he wasn't too happy when he came back. No, he was not. (laughs) To hide it or just put it next to the desk? We hide it. We hid all of it. (laughs) Aren't you sweet? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, now it's starting to come out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking notes, guys. you want to share? Oh, jeez. Um, what else did we... Seems to me we did something to... Uh, well, you remember the time uh, when I... Remember the time when I wiped out the PE instructor not the out of action? You remember that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember that. What happened? Um... Uh, I think most people, at least Patricia knows my, what my nickname is, and it's pretty much still very so true. It's Tank. And we had a, a contest of uh, 
Well, you're sort of like a bog jump contest, we call it jumping the river, and they keep expanding and expanding and expanding until, you know, you just missed out. Right. Now, That's when, it. When, and then after every round, they move, they move the ropes farther apart. Yeah. And pretty, you know, eventually, people would have to get back 20 feet to try and jump the river. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I took off. <laughs> I took off, and my, uh, my course of direction wasn't straight. <laughs> yeah. So I ran on top of the, uh, knocked out the, uh, PE the substitute PE instructor, so she was gone for the rest of the day. Nothing. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, cool. unconscious type stuff? No, she was pretty banged up, so at least she was knocked out, but, uh. Thank goodness. Yeah. Do you remember the time it yeah. was when we were in elementary school, mm -hmm. and... Back then, Walden was um, pretty chunky. Yeah. You know, stocky. Stocky, you bet. And that's how he how he got the name Tank. Named Tank. Because I went full speed always ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we. I told the game. I, I, I didn't. I didn't tell. I didn't name the game where we. I didn't give the the official name of our game where the one that we gave gave Walton the ball and gave it to Stuart Holdeck. Stuart Holdeck guide me around and practice. I carried practically the whole score on my back. You remember those get those oh, yeah. days? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And but what I'm remembering was the time and it was during elementary school. Mm -hmm. And I forget what year it was, but one time when Walden and I went through school, we had these machines called Braille writers. Mm -hmm. And that's when that that was the only device you could use other than a slate and stylus to write Braille. Well, the things were made of cast iron. How how heavy do you think those were, Walden? Uh, at least 40 pounds or better. Yeah, at least. Yeah. So one day we're waiting for class to start, and I had a whole pile of books in my arms and a Braille writer on top of that. Here comes Walden down the hallway. Fast speed. Hi, yeah. High speed, like a locomotive, and <laughs> everybody was, hold it, hold it, hold it, stop, stop. He plowed full into me. I staggered five, ten feet. My books went every which way. The braille writer that was sitting on top must have gone it, probably a good 15 feet. 20 feet up and flown about 30 feet away before it landed. We were so glad that nobody was right. where it landed that day. I'm taking notes. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah. That incident, Walter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one of the more memorable. <laughs> you, you guys, um... You must have been a pair, I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. can I send you a CD? Sure, God. What do you think I'm you might like? I remember 
everything I, I've asked you for at, at this point, or Carrie and I have asked you for, and I'm... Well? I'm having a hard time. You remember what... Oh, sure. Hold on. Uh, you two just keep talking, and I may have you on the list. Don't go away. It's been a couple of months, so. Yeah. Oh, it's been a long time. Exactly. So how how's the weekend up there in L.A.? Everything okay with you and Carrie? Everything's fine, but it is scorching. Is it hot, huh? Yeah, right. Well, now the fair started, right? It started this weekend. That's correct. So are you guys going to go over the next two or three weeks? or what? Are you guys gonna... I don't know if we're going to go or not. Uh-huh. But what we... Our friend, Fad, you remember Fad. I remember Walter. Fad, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Your neighborhood buddy that I used to see, you bet. Yeah, our next door neighbor. Right. That little past couple of weeks, he's spent working on our computer, and he's got it fixed up now that as long as a person has our password and number, you know, something, mm-hmm. then anybody, you know, that has the information needed, they can see our computer screen, and if we were able to, we'd be able to see theirs at the same time. I see. And this way, people, you know, who are experts, if we had a problem, we they just log on and they can fix our problems for, for us. So like PC anywhere or something like that. Yeah. From their, from their, their house, no yeah. matter where the house is. Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice feature to have. No. I don't have it on my list. I'm very sorry. I have your address, but I don't have what I sent you. Well, I tell you what shows. Uh, I, I'll tell you what shows he loves. Okay. He loves Amos and Andy. He loves. That the, was, I believe, that's what we we asked for. All right, Lone Ranger, Sergeant Preston. We asked for those. Yeah. Green Hornet. We asked for those. Yeah. I love a mystery. Um, we asked for Burns and Allen, Carrie. That Bur- was the one Carrie asked for. Burns and Allen. Okay, you have Challenge of the Yukon? We asked for, I asked for some of those, yes. Okay, do you like Cowboys? Yep. Oh, I'll tell you what kind of Westerns I have. Alrighty. Well, let me tell you the categories that I have, and then you tell me which ones to pick. I have Adventure, Comedy, Detectives. Drama? Like detectives, like uh, adventure, like westerns, uh, comedy. Okay. Um, let's see if I've got some detectives that you love. How about um, Let George Do It, Pat Novak, Philip Marlowe, Sam I know Let George Do It. I don't think I... The Pat... Uh, I don't think I have any of that stuff. Haven't heard of them. Okay. How about I put together a collection of several different... Uh, several different detective shows so that you've got a selection. Sure. Okay, I can Perfect. do that. 
It'll be like a Whitman sampler chocolate box. Okay. Okay, I will do that. Most definitely. Okay, well, I will do that. I will get it in the mail to you this week. And uh, I do have your address from the last time. I did manage to save that. I was good enough to do that. And um, I thank you for calling. This was great. The two of you had experiences to share together. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry I bombed on the questions. <laughs> hey, that's three. okay. One out of three. <laughs> we had to we had to go back on we had to go back on Google to remember the information ourselves tonight. So I keep saying Google is legal, but um, you got me. You got me good. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for calling, Jeff. You have a great night. And you, Patricia. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye, Jeff. Bye bye. <sighs> There he goes. Fun stuff. 714-545-2071. I got a couple of school stories. Okay. Um, Relating to my family. Uh, I'm named after my great uncle, who is Walden Philbert. And you know what my uncle Walden and a group of friends did one time in school, Patricia, one night? What? They got a cow up the stairs into the second floor. <laughs> Cows do not come down. Correct. They didn't come down. So there's one story God. for you. But hey, Bob, you're on with Patricia. Hi, guys. Bob Bro. Bob, how are you doing? Good. How about you? Good. Good. Happy Gunsmoke Days to you, too. I'm sorry, Patricia, what? I said happy Gunsmoke Days to you, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's not all I listen to, you know. <laughs> well, there are number one and number two, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. But anyway, I was just just finishing up, and I, I hadn't even turned you guys on, and then, then I heard the last couple of callers, and I thought, what in the world are you talking about? Were you talking about school stories? Yep. We're talking about school, school. stories, because it's back to school week this week. For most kids, uh, some of them have already started. So, what are your recollections about going to school, your first day, your best teacher, your worst experience, best subject, anything? Well, those are good questions. Boy, best teacher, now that's that's memorable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I had a teacher, I had a, um, in my junior year in high school, for your social studies, it was um, on the English side of it. It was uh, American literature, and I had a teacher at Long Beach Poly High School. His name was Daniel Canny, and I will never forget the impression he made on me. He was just a—he um, was probably, you know, it's hard to judge when you're 17 or 16. I would guess he was probably in his mid-30s, and he had been in the service. I know. I remember that. But that was back before teachers could be casual. All the men back then had to wear coats and ties to class. Huh? You know, and, and then the kids, too. I mean, we had to wear, the girls had to wear skirts to school, and the guys had to wear, um, you know, their shirts tucked in. And, and uh, you know, there was, there was a regular dress code. But uh, I remember Daniel Canny was, uh, he really made me love literature. And that's what a teacher's supposed to do. You know, have you ever had a teacher that just that really connected? I remember uh, the class was divided into four quarters. One was poetry, one was short stories, one was uh, novels, 
and one was plays, which I really love. And um, I remember when we did the novel, he said that um, we were all assigned to read My Antoinette by Willa Cather. And he said, when you come in Monday, he said, all of the desks in the classroom are going to be in a circle, and you are going to discuss whatever the given chapter assignment was. And he said, I'm not going to say anything until the last five minutes of class. Wow. And he said, you will be graded on your, um, you know, on your participation and whatnot. Well, I remember the first day, all of the, all of the, just as he had said, all of the desks were in a circle. So we found our desk, we sat down, he was sitting at his desk at the top, you know, ahead of the class, and just silent. Nobody said anything for, I, I should imagine it was five minutes. It was Whoa. very, very uh, uncomfortable. And he just, That's a long time for silence. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, this one fellow who was probably the quietest kid in class said, uh, you know, kind of nervously, I, I like the such-and-such such character. I don't, I don't know what his comment was. And that started it. And, you know, after that, that conversation just flowed. And we did that for, I think it was two weeks straight. And then afterwards, he would make comments. And I'll never forget how, how much that I learned from that, you know. I, I remember we had poetry. I mean, everyone's thinking, poetry? And the day that the, the quarter for poetry started, we walked in, and he had a banner hanging from the back of the classroom and it said Robert Frost rules. Oh, wow. And, and I remember he took, um, uh, he took poems and he would dissect them and he would have, a, he, he did this commonly, he would have the class discuss what do you think this means? And we would spend a whole class period. And I mean, he would really get the class participating and it wasn't until the end that he would give his comment always, you know, Wow. Really? You know, it is so neat that you remember what he did and who he was or is. Oh, yeah. is, he still, is he still alive? I have no idea. I've, I've thought of, of checking, but uh, he very well could be. He'd be an older man. I remember when we, had, uh, when we had plays, we read the plays aloud in class, and, you know, a lot of kids didn't want to have to do that. Naturally, I wanted to play the lead role, you know. <laughs> I mean, we just, we just read them at our, at our desk. Uh -huh. But I remember we did Our Town, and just a few years after that, when I moved to New York City, I think I had mentioned one time in the chat room, I had the opportunity to see a um, Our Town was reproduced on Broadway for ANTA, which is, uh, I don't remember what, the, what it stands for, but basically they would do revivals of plays for a very short run, often with the original stars. And I saw Our Town by Thornton Wilder, and the stage manager was Henry Fonda. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, the cast included Mildred Natwick and Ed Bagley Sr. Mm. And, uh, and Elizabeth Hartman, and, and uh, it was John Fielder. And it, it was just, a, what's her name, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, Mar Margaret... Uh, Hamilton. Oh, um, Hamilton. 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 He was yeah. it. Uh, you know, all of these, and, and it... You know, it, it cost next to nothing because it was sort of a non-profit type thing. Uh, I remember the next show they played was Harvey, starring Jimmy Stewart. Uh, and uh, you couldn't even get tickets to that. I don't know how we got tickets to our town. But I always wanted to send him a letter and say, Mr. Kenny, you'll never guess. I, you know, and tell him what I, what I saw. Yeah. 
And I remember he was so good at keeping discipline in the class. There was one kid early on in the year that uh, started acting up, and I remember his name was was Bob Connerelli. <laughs> and, and and this one day he was acting up in class, and and Mr. Canny kind of ignored it for a while, and then all of a sudden he just, he was sort of lecturing, and he just sort of stopped, and he put his hands behind his back and he walked around the room, all I mean the perimeter of the room, all the way around the room, quietly, not saying a word, with his hands behind his back, just strolling, and he walked back to the front of class, walked to the row where Connerelli was walked down the aisle, looked at him, and he said, <clears throat> Connerelli, get out. Whoa. And Connerelli goes, uh, oh, okay, uh, where do I go to the office? He said, I don't care where you go. Just get out. And he said, well, i got to go. So I have to have a pass if I'm going to get out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And, I mean, nobody That's ever messed a, around in that class after that. That was the last all, trouble it, it with was Connerelli. An class. Yeah, 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 but, uh, yeah. That was that was good. Another thing I remember. It's funny. I guess I'm feeling nostalgic tonight. Another thing I'll never forget is the night we were graduating <clears throat> from high school. We were there was the graduating class for for Poly. It was a large you know school, and there was probably at the at the beginning the school was generally three thousand. And I think our, our our first you know when we entered in the ninth or tenth grade it was it was three years. I think we had maybe in our class 1,100, and by the time it was time to graduate, there was about 900 kids left, and maybe higher. But I remember we 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 were the first class to have our graduation in the Long Beach Arena, which is right downtown Long Beach, and there was an adjacent theater, and the theater sat about a thousand. So we all gathered in the in the theater to you know to form our lines and stuff. So we were all given assigned seats. And I remember there was a fellow named Mr. Seal, and he was the activities director, and he was a nice guy. And I remember he got up and he said, well, kids, he was on the stage, and I'm talking to Mike. He said, this is it. He said, this is the night you've been waiting for. And he said, I want you to take a minute, though, and just look around. And he said, these are the kids that you've known and you've gone to school with, and this is the last time you're going to see many of them. So oh, my. And I thought everyone's thinking, "Oh, come on, we're going to see them. We're, you know, we'll see these guys." But I have often thought of that so many times, and thought that's the last time. And then several of the my fellow class members were killed in Vietnam. Uh, you know, others, you know, you just don't see them. They moved. Here I am in Missouri. You know, I've lived in New York. I've lived in different places. I haven't been in California for years, and that's that's uh, you know sometimes that's just kind of a neat thing to think about. But, all of those lives were there converging at that one point at that one time, and then they've, you know, dispersed. And he, he recognized that. He said, this is the last time you'll see them. Anyway. Wow. High school was a good memory for me. I had a lot of good memories from high school. I, you know, wasn't they weren't all perfect. I wasn't like a real popular kid or anything, but I, I, I you know, had a lot of friends, and, and we had a good time. I think I could have been a more serious student, but <laughs> that as it may, you know. How about you? Did you guys, uh, I heard some of Walden's stories. Did you enjoy school, Patricia? I did for the most part. Um, I say for the most part. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess I did. I have to say I did. I, I was not a participant in the sense that 
I was not like you. I did not want to play the lead role in anything. Yeah. So I didn't have the same kind of experiences that everybody else had. You know, it's funny how you, you don't know yourself well. At the time, I had really had an interest. I, I had, As a child, I had always wanted to be a cartoonist. Uh-huh. And I used to draw comic strips and comic books just like crazy. Oh, I remember you mentioned that in chat one night. Yeah, well, anyway, I um, in high school, all my electives were art classes. And um, to be honest, I, I think that I'm the type of person that could be trained to be a good artist, but I don't have the kind of natural ability that a really great artist has, you know. And uh, it's interesting, it wasn't until... When I was in, uh, going to college, I had a part-time job. This is when I first got out of high school. I had a part-time job for the Long Beach Unified School District, and I was a substitute janitor. And it, was, it was a perfect part-time job because the night you wanted to work, you would call in and say, the Long Beach Unified School District was huge. There was, you know, five high schools with 3,000 kids each. There was probably 20 junior highs and 40 or 50 elementary schools. And... Whenever a janitor was out sick, then they would send in the substitute. And you could just call in and say, well, you know, I'd like to work tonight. And they'd give you a name of a school to go to, and you could go in. And, you know, if you had tests or something, you couldn't work that night. So it was really cool, except... I never knew about it, and I thought so many times afterwards that if I if I could have done what I really would have loved to have done, I would have taken a lot more uh, drama classes and speech classes like that because that really would have um, would have interested me. But, but why so didn't you know about it? And that means a lot of other students didn't know about it. Why was it such a best kept secret? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think I ever took the speech class. It wasn't, that was an elective. I, I think that it was probably. So it was a sequential type thing. So if you went through the speech I, class, you were a candidate for the next one. Yeah. Wow. Oh, what a miss for you. It was, it was like you had certain electives you could take. Um, like they would say, all right, these electives are, are English related. So, you, you know, you might be given a choice of two or three different things, and I, I just never took that, and I yeah. I really wish I would have, but, you know, I, my chair's squeaking. Can you hear it? No. <laughs> no, I can't. Walden, did you hear it? Uh -huh. I heard a little bit of that squeak. That's really squeaking. Yep, that's pretty good. Good sound effect. And sometimes it misses sound, so. Good sound effect. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a good yeah. sound effect person on my headset thingy. Oh. You going to play questions with us tonight? Uh, what, what are the questions on? <laughs> They're on anything. I've got everything covered. Well, you know, I've, I've always said, and I, I say this on my shows, the shows I like, I know a lot about. The shows that I never really, yeah, I mean, I enjoy a little bit of everything. Yeah. There's certain shows I kind of obsess over, and there's other ones that, uh, you have any dragnet questions? Give me some dragnet questions. 
Um, I, 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 I have a, a gun smoke question to ask you. Okay. Uh, now, again, I don't consider... I am a big fan. <laughs> I am not a big expert. All right, anyway, go ahead. Give him another pause, Walden. This, will, this is intimidation. Just pause for a second. Okay, go. <clears throat> oh, you really are intimidating. Yeah. Tell me the actor. Okay. Who played the lead in one of the audition, who was also known as the first nighter on the first night of program. Oh, the original Gunsmoke was on that. Um, was it Mystery? It was on Escape. Escape. That's right. And it was about Gaojai. Uh, mm-hmm. And the clue is he is still alive. Beg your pardon? He is still alive. The actor is still alive. Uh, mm, mm, mm. And, I'll get, and if you don't answer that, I'll just leave that out for the audience. No, I, I, I do know that, but yeah. uh, I'm trying to see. He was also, he, he was also with Jack Armstrong during the war. Uh, I, I, I know his name, Walter, yeah, but I'm not going to... Okay, I'm just going to wait that out. I'll let Patricia have a, a dragnet question over okay, there. Okay, we'll give you a dragnet question. There were two Christmas stories with dragnets that were forever popular. Name one of them. Well, one was about the... Now, see if I can come up with the exact episode name. And the date. One about the... And the date. And the date. And the date. <laughs> <laughs> Doing this to you. And the broadcast date, too, yeah. All right, all yeah. right. On 12 22 49, there was 20, a 22 rifle for Christmas. Good. There you go. And, uh, of course, the other one was one about the little boy and the and the, 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 the Madonna that was missing. Right. Yeah, it was, was the baby the Jesus. That that... Uh, hang on. Yeah, the name of that looking was at the... my list of episodes here. Yeah, the big baby Jesus was on. Uh, that was the uh, Christmas one. Um, the. 22 Rifle for Christmas was played many times, at least three times, maybe more. Yeah, it looks like, did, did they redo those, for instance, did they they change it? They didn't just play an old show, right? They they. As far as I know, they re-performed the I think same so. show. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, they didn't yeah. split out as a transcription. It was, it was fresh each time, although the script was the same. Otherwise, you'd have Barton Yarbrough. Uh... That's right. Yeah, actually, they did the same thing on uh, on Gunsmoke. Some of them were different actors mm-hmm. doing the same. Uh, yeah, is, is that the, is that? Mm, I was just looking. I've got. I'm going through all my Gunsmokes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the exact name of that episode? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, the, the Big Little Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Big Little Jesus. Yeah. 12, 12, 20, Almost every 20, show. 50, there were there were uh, a few shows at the beginning of the series that had straight names. And at one point, it was probably, I would say, six months into it, they started using the word big. Right. The word big appeared. I know. Every one of them. It was the And I, it didn't work, to be honest, I don't think. I don't um, think it did either, well, but it, well, it was distinctive. It was like the adventure yeah. and the matter and the big. 
You know, the, the adventure of Sam Spade, the matter of anything with Johnny Dollar, what? and Gunsmoke or um, Dragnet had the word big. You know why? Yeah. Why? Why? <clears throat> it was for legal purposes, um, because, you know, the title wasn't given out publicly, and uh, Jack's secretary had to file these things for legal purposes, and they asked Jack what the title said, I don't care, just call big whatever. So that's what the secretary started to do. She could put big in every title. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't understand that, Walter. In other words, uh, in other words, Jack didn't care what the titles were called, but for he had, right. he had to register this with a copyright. Co copyright. Uh, so the secretary, oh Jack, what do you want? I don't care. Call it big, whatever. So it was up to her. She had to use big yeah. in the title, and that's why she. No. That's why you always see big in the title. Many of the shows, I won't say most, but maybe it was most, wouldn't give the title of the episode. Correct. I think almost all of them never did. Johnny Dollar did. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he would always say, but and the reason he did it is because it was part of his expense reports. That's right. I so. think in, in the book that Patricia has, I think John Abbott calculated how much... Johnny spent in his career from 1949 to 1962. In oh, somebody didn't have anything to do, did they? <laughs> he listed every single case and oh my under every single insurance company for every single dollar that was billed out. It was just incredible. I mean, he must have sat there with a calculator and numbers and a, and it would take grid. And, you know, it was nothing more than a grid, but it was pretty impressive to see it together. And an aggregate of all of these expense accounts. It was pretty cool. My goodness. I, Good stuff. I just sent a tape off, and I was playing a Johnny Dollar this week, and I, 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 one of the things I notice is that, of course, naturally the prices are much lower. Mm-hmm. Some, some things kind of jump out at you. Like he had one I was listening to. He, he said he, he rented a car for $50. And it was like for two days or something. I thought, my goodness, you could oh. go do that today in some markets. What was the year on it? Would that have made a difference? No, it wouldn't it was, have. Uh, it was in the 60s. During the Bob Bailey year, so it was what, 56 to 59 or something like that? Uh, right. To uh, 60. Um, yeah. I would think that would be pretty expensive for those days. And it was only two days? Maybe. Well, I don't know how long it was, but he didn't say for a week. He just said, I rented a car. But, you know, maybe maybe rental cars weren't that common back then. I don't know. I don't know if most people, uh, I don't know who really most people know who really was the true hero uh, putting Johnny Dollar on the map. Uh -uh. It, it was Jay Johnston, the director. And what, yeah. what, what made him so important, he wrote most of the scripts, and he wrote them under different names. So he had a clear direct influence what Johnny Dollar sounded like from the Bob Bailey on to the very end. And oh, people of our generation, my generation, because yeah. I'm older than you guys, yeah. because it was on so late, you know, 59, 60, 61. In fact, it was on to, what, 62? Yep. But, but the Bob Bailey years are the ones you think of. Johnny Dollar is one of the few I can still remember hearing on the radio when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, I mean, we didn't, like, run to the radio to listen to it, but I do remember it being on. I remember Gunsmoke being on. Mm. 
uh, I remember uh, I remember hearing a, an episode or two of Half Gun Will Travel because I thought that's not Paladin. Let me ask you, you this: know? When you you know you know what really good sounding old time radio shows can sound like today. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that compare to listening to radio coming out of your loudspeakers in nineteen late in, in the nineteen fifties? Now, are you surprised? Where you were, I, I think it depends on where you were. Um, you know, it was all AM back then. Right. But if you're in Los Angeles and you're listening to KFI, that's a that was a pretty strong signal. Right. Uh, or KMPC or any of those. So, um, I think a lot of those came on KNX. Correct. And my folks, my mother had KNX on the radio in the kitchen, on almost constantly. Because she would listen to some soap operas, and then I remember a lot of times when, right before we would sit down to dinner, because, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've often said, it, it's funny, I, I, I really do feel for people that had uh, a lot of bad memories in their childhood, because I've always said I was raised with Ozzy and Harriet. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just that kind of life. We moved into the house I grew up in when I was five years old, and I was there until I left home at 20. And, uh, you know, my dad had two jobs during all that time, and, and we always sat down to dinner every night at 5 o'clock. And, uh, you know, we sat at the kitchen table with the, uh, you know, like you had in the 50s with the tube tube steel, you know, with the, from oh, yeah. the top and the, and the, the same chairs with the plastic covers. But we, my mom, would, we would listen to the evening news and... Um, I, I want to say Elmer Davis, but I think Elmer Davis was on NBC, wasn't he? I don't remember. I, I think. No, he, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I think sure. he was. I know he was CBS during the war. I don't, you know, I don't remember during that time. I'm not sure. Probably. Well, back yeah. back during those days in the early morning, like when they get up to make breakfast and have coffee, they turn the radio on, and the morning drive guy on KNX back then was, um, uh, what's his name, Hogan Shiro. Yeah, Bob Crane. Bob Crane, yeah. Yeah. And he had a really funny show, and he would, uh, you know, have a lot of celebrities on and things, and then he kind of turned that into an acting gig. It's like people don't remember, but Pat Sajak was the L.A. weatherman, hmm. you know, for years uh, right. on on one of the stations out there. And then all of a sudden they gave him a break. You know, since you're in the market, they need somebody. You're convenient, and so, you know. And you're popular, so that's what, that's how Pat Sajak got started. I mean, he yeah. he worked in other markets before he made it to L.A., but when he got to L.A., he was a weatherman. He wasn't an actor or an MC or any of that. You know? right. Yeah. Convenience is wonderful. Elmer Davis with CBS. Right, oh, okay, yeah. then that Good. makes sense, that because that's sense. what I remember um, listening to Elmer Davis on the news. There's a lot of memories on the radio wall, and I, it's funny. I, I talk about this on my website. I remember my dad used to always cut my hair. He, mm-hmm. he had taken a barber course. <laughs> he, he just always did it. And uh, one night we were sitting in the kitchen, and, and uh, I turned on the radio, and we listened to Cassius Clay, mm-hmm. you know, Muhammad yep. Ali, right. beat Sonny Liston for the heavyweight championship of the world while my dad was cutting my hair. And that was a moment I'll always treasure because I just remember that, you yeah. know, the specialness of the moment. And that, everyone was excited and, you know. But uh, the, the, listening to a really good sounding radio show today, does it sound the same like a like it came over KNX? Well, I mean, I, I you know what you remember, uh, you know, I, I suppose it didn't sound like FM. Uh-huh. 
but I think it would sound the same as if if they had a really good, um, if, if you listen to a really good episode, like some of the gun smokes I got from Jerry Hindegas from 54 aren't pristine. Right. I mean, they are just pristine mm-hmm. because he had the original discs. Mm-hmm. And if you played one of those on KFI Today, that's probably what it would have sounded mm-hmm. like. You know, you may not have quite the quality that you have with an FM station. Right. Yeah, that's maybe a question for no one or somebody. I don't know. But, I mean, that's all we knew. That was our rock and roll in high school was all on AM station, you know. And it sounded great to us. Sure. You know, I mean, it wasn't like all scratchy and everything. Right. Uh, You know, if you had a good reception, then then you heard uh, a good clear show, you know. If you didn't have good reception, then I guess you'd have that problem. But it's funny now... AM, a lot of times, even even like in St. Louis, KMOX is a big 50,000-watt power station. But sometimes when you're indoors, it's hard to pick up AM stations. And I don't remember that being the case when I was a I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I'm seeing more interference today than it was 30 years ago. Yeah. I know that uh, the Cardinals on K, uh, KMOX was the home of the Cardinals for years. And then the Cardinal management decided to ownership, I mean decided to buy a radio station and sell their own commercials. And so they did that, but the station they bought, which has been a longtime competitor in this market, didn't have a strong signal, and the people just really got upset. And so they found other stations in the area. I mean, it already had a large network, but the network didn't start until you got 20, 30 miles out of town because you didn't need it. But all of a sudden they did. You know, they'd have to have towns just across the river with stations to boost the signal. And so anyway, that contract ran out. And so even though the Cardinals own this other this station where they're playing now, they just announced that next year they're going back to KMOX because it, huh. it could be heard in 40 states at night. You know? <laughs> right. So, so anyway, that's I, I, I don't, never understood... When when we get on with Bill and he starts talking about radio waves and frequencies, I just my eyes glass over. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> and that's what my wife says when she takes me shopping. She says, "Well, I've got about ten minutes with you before your eyes glass over." So, <laughs> Bob, do I have something in my files? Do you think that you would like to listen to? Unlikely broadcast quality, but I've got a lot of stuff. I sure thank you for sending me all that, um, all those Tibber McGee and Molly. So I think that'll do it to Crystal. I do have more if you're interested in more. Oh, send me all you got. Yeah, that's great. Some of those were really good. I played some of them. They were just excellent. I mean, they're all fun to listen to. It's just that if, I, if I'm going to play them, I like to have, you know, really, I mean, if I'm going to put them on one of the shows, I like to have it really good. Yeah, I, I, I do understand. You've got more than just listening to. I'm a listener. So the word pristine is not important to me. As long as I can understand it, it's not a struggle to listen to. It doesn't make well, me work. I'm quite satisfied, but your needs are quite different from mine. So. Well, you're, but you're, yes, that's why I always say in the chat room every time Bill puts on one of those scratchy old songs from the 20s with, with some person singing it uh, down in Louisiana, I always say, hey, that's Patricia music. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I don't want to hurt his feelings, but some of that stuff is just awful. <laughs> and I, I hope he's listening. I hope he's listening. Say that again? 
I said, I hope Bill's listening. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's it's really because he does have some really nifty stuff, but some of it isn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, what I need from you, if you can help me, because sure. these, uh, the DVDs that I have with Fibber McGee and Molly, if you could give me the years, just one of the years, was it, you know, 54 or 55 or 56, that you're listening to, then I won't duplicate and, uh, let me and, pick it up and send you the same thing. My radio shows, Sibber McGee and Molly. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see, you get me, you gave me uh, 47. He has 40. 47, okay. Is there a year it's that you would prefer? January, it starts January 46 and ends, uh, yeah, maybe 48 and 49 or something like that would be great. For 48, I, I don't want to ask for too much. Yeah, that's okay. Send 48. Okay, so you you want the next one? Yeah. Whatever I have is the next one. You shall have. 47 is one of my favorite years, so you can go in either direction on the 47. That's why I picked it. I love the 40s. So 48 is cool. Uh, I want to do that one. You, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, that's what I, I said. 48 is cool. I'll send that one to you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. My you did they um, did they uh, lose their studio audience. Now, was that mid-50s? Starting in 1953, the fall of 53. 53, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anything up to 53, Patricia, I, it, I think it lost a lot. When, and what year was Stripper by himself? There was, those were early. That was 1938, Eight. and I think 37. That's that early, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were very early. About 18 months he wasn't on, and a lot of those shows do not exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything through um, through through fifty three because I think I think they lost a lot when they yeah when, once they once the audience left and of course they lost an awful lot of the characters as well but Jim and Marion were built to perform in front of an audience yeah, yeah. and they, there just was no spark there was no spark at all nothing other than um, I mean they did a good job when considering that they were accustomed to an audience and we were accustomed to hearing an audience. They did a great job, but it wasn't the same. You know, what's cool to me to think is that um, when you listen to Frank's stories, uh, what he did, Red Rider, the same Tuesday nights, right? Yep. He did it three nights a week, generally. Uh, well, it depends on what time, but yeah, it was generally two through Thursday and Saturday nights. But I mean, Tuesday oh. night, he almost always went in and saw Fiddler McGee Correct. and Molly, right? Correct. He, he was around the... Uh, the the NBC complex, you bet. So he he probably saw that show produced what a hundred times or uh-huh. fifty times. And he was down in he was down in the um in the booth up at, up there in the client booth. So he would gotten a really good viewpoint. Yeah. And his, and his, and his second dad, uh, who, who Frank is Arthur Q. Bryan. So if you think about it, who played who of course Doc Gamble. So. So uh, Frank is very fond of that whole that whole show and everything. Say that again. His second dad. Yes. In other words, Arthur he, cons- he considered him a second dad. They were so close that, that close to him. Okay. Arthur yeah. Brian uh, was yeah. like a father to him. And because when Walden and, uh, and, and Kitty, uh, Kitty uh, Callan, yeah. yeah, many times, many times after the film game, Molly, but Arthur Coop Bryant would drive Frank home. Interesting things is that as Arthur Q. Bryan aged, Frank drove him around. 
Right, because Arthur Q. Bryant was going blind. Well, I remember him talking about driving Jim Jordan around. Yeah. Well, here's something really uh, special about it. Uh, I guess when Arthur died, he really didn't have any money. So Frank, out of his own pocket, got him, got him his, his grave marker. Oh. For Arthur oh. Q. Bryant. Don't you love it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's neat about it is it's just a... Um, you know, I always, I often think about that. Now we're getting nostalgic again. But yeah. when when uh, you you think about generations, like my I remember my grandparents very well. Yeah. My grandparents were alive in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their parents were alive. During, of course, they were from Finland, but their parents were alive during the Civil War. I mean, it's not that many generations apart. Oh. No, you can reach out and touch someone who was either part of or came from. I mean, you you know how short our history is and how significant lives have been in our lives. It's just remarkable. I think about it in those terms when I think of my grandparents. Yeah. Similar things. Well, it's it's still amazing to me that we still have veterans from World War One who are still alive. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Well, I know growing up, I always just considered, I, I was born, you know, I was one of the first baby boomers. I was born in 47, so uh, the World War II was already over, so I always thought to myself, World War II might as well have been the, the, the Crimean Wars or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, huh? the wars from a thousand years ago because it all happened before I was born. Mm-hmm. But, but now, and I think a lot of people probably feel that way when they're young, but now you start realizing, like, here we love this medium of old-time radio, and it was such a, a fleeting moment in history, you know, 20 years, 25 yeah. years, maybe 30. Um, and yet here's people we can still talk to that were really involved in it. And, of course, that's why Birdvac is so popular and, right. and, and uh, you know, reps and all of that. But... And, of course, those people were losing them. Yeah. So, there you go. But it's also remarkable to flip, flip all the time here. Some are still so vital in the late 80s and 90s. Vibrant, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you just, you got to look at it. It's, it's just amazing. When I, um, in November, I'm putting together a one-day event for Spurvac. And here's Shirley Mitchell. That'd be, that'd be the day after her 90th birthday. She'll be up on stage performing. Janet Waldo, who still sounds the same thing like she did 60 yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Just remarkable. Well, I'll tell you what, my wife is probably wondering where the heck I am. <laughs> I've been well, down in my office, I'm going to check my Fibber emails, shows. and I've been down here for two hours. So. Yeah, well, you're out shopping for Fibber shows. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, Bobby, guys, I'm talking to you. you. In. Thank you a bunch. Okay. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning. <laughs> good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and it is morning time. It is the breakfast hour. And I have to thank everybody for calling in. And keep, roll- keep rolling those calls. Keep those cards and calls coming, folks. You can, always send, an e- you hmm? can, you can always send an email to Patricia, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at floridawriter at hotmail.com. That's me. Or you can send to Walden at WaldenHughes at YesterdayUSA.com. We'd love to hear from you.
We are available. 714-545-2071. First-time callers automatically earn a CD with your favorite shows on it. If you play trivia with us and you get one correct answer, you get another CD with your favorite shows on it. And we're looking for some stories about school. I have We've got kids going back to school, and that means you at one time or another went back to school. What did you do on your first day of school? What did you buy before you went to school? Your favorite teachers, your favorite experience? the experience you don't ever want to have to have again, anything at all. I'll tell another school story about the family. Um, I told you about my Uncle Walden, who I seen, who got a cow up to, up to the second floor. <laughs> right, finish the cow, please. <laughs> so the next so the cow stayed up there all night. So I guess the school was all interesting when they showed up to school the next day, and there's the cow. Wow. Hello there. You sure had a bunch of callers. <laughs> We're missing you. How are you? Well, you know, thank you. I received uh, the CD this past Wednesday. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, it sounded really good. Excellent. Now, that's, that's good that you tell people because then they know I did my homework. You did your homework, all right. And um, you were talking about school days. Yeah. School days, school days. Yeah. Now, Walden, when you went to school, yeah. there were mainstream people like you already, right? Where right. You went to a regular public school. Correct. Yep, I went to all public school. Well, when I went to school, they didn't mainstream the kids yet, you know. So we went to a deaf and blind school. Mm. And it was, I mean, we had to go. Otherwise, there was no, else, no other school for us to go to. Right. And it was a boarding school. And... You know, like I told you one time, the boarding school you you went from Monday or Sunday night and you didn't come home till Friday. Well, anyway, my memory of that school was, you know, whenever we stay in a, in a dormitory for blind uh, children, boys, we had a boys' dormitory. And whenever we had new blind kids come in, we older ones would say, okay, if you want to get in with the big boys, you got to pass this initiation thing. Uh -oh. And, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. So we had these closets that we hung our clothes and everything. Would, and those closets, the lock was on the outside, the knob was on the outside. If you ever got locked in, there was no way you could get out. Oh, Ron. So they said, so we said, if you can see these lockers, for half an hour, I mean, there was a screen up so you wouldn't really suffocate. But if you can stay in these lockers for half an hour and we open you up and you're still, you know, you're still fine, you'll be with the big boys. They said, yeah, yeah, go ahead, lock, lock us up. So whenever there was a new boy, we'd take this new boy and we'd lock him up. But then because we're blind ourselves, sometimes we'll forget which locker we lock <laughs> Oh, I think it was this one. Oh, no. What was it? Was it this one? You know, not, and, you know, sometimes it take about 10 minutes after 30 minutes for us to find them, you know. And the, the deal was you can't yell for help, but you can't say anything. 
but um, we had that, we did that for fun, and then we played tackle football for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our way of playing tackle football was whoever would get the ball would make some noise. <laughs> so the rest of us would know who to tackle. Mm-hmm. And on fourth down, you had to gamble. There was no such thing as punting the ball because if you punted the ball, nobody knew where the ball went. And our game was either you, you had 6, 12, 18, 24, mm-hmm. because there was no way anybody could see if you kicked the, the, the field goal or the extra point. Yeah. yeah. So it was 6. And anyway, I remember the score was tied, and it was my turn. I was a quarterback. And the score was tied, and I did steal. I said, well, I would run with the ball, but I'm not going to make any noise. <laughs> the rest of us, that's why I need to call back one, because you got the brains, man. So, go ahead. So I got the ball, and I started to run, but I didn't make any noise. And sure enough, I made that touchdown. But, the problem was, there's a jungle gym, <gasps> and some people can see, we're supposed to tell us blind people when to stop. So the guy said, well, if Ryan Meashiro is not going to tell us he's got the ball, we're not going to tell him when to stop. Oh. I made a touchdown, but I stayed held because I, I was mean, I hit the jungle gym. Now, that didn't hurt as much as when another blind guy came up to me. What's the matter, Ron? Can't you see? You know? <laughs> oh, boy, they got their, their licks in. Oh, they did. They did. When I went to high school, that was the first time I was mainstream. And you know, Walden, I don't know about you, but in a blind school, we're very, you know, a small group of blind kids compared to people who could see. Correct. And that was the first day I was in a school of 39 other sighted boys, boys and girls in one class. And I was the only sightless individual. And everybody had to introduce themselves. And then it was my turn. Tell a little bit about themselves. So it was my turn. And that was the first day I was in a, in a in a regular mainstream sided school. So I introduced myself and I, and I said, oh, I play the piano. And, you know, I come how many brothers and sisters I had. And I sat down. And the teacher was very impressed. She said, you know, class, I want you to know, we should be very proud that we have Ron Meester in our class. Although, this is exactly what she said. Although he cannot see, and he cannot tell the difference between night and day, mm-hmm. we should be very, we're very happy to have him in our class. And I got offended because I said, wait a minute, Mrs. Mao, I said, you know, you got, I, it's fine that you're happy that I'm in our class, but I, I want, I want the class to know that I can tell the difference between night and day. Because if I if I couldn't tell the difference between night and day, I would be sleeping right now, you know. <laughs> yep. And then she said, 
I wouldn't be here. I'd be home sleeping, you know. And then she said, you know what? We don't tolerate smile like in our class. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then I said, well, but, but she, in a way, I was glad she said that. And I was glad that the class laughed because I didn't, I didn't want them to think that I was any different from them. I wanted them to know that I, I could be as smart like as any of the rest of the people in the class, you know, and so, so. And then we became very good friends. Everybody treated me like everybody else. Um, my favorite subject in school was band. I played trumpet in a high school band. And so in a concert band and stuff like that. So I went to all my proms. My junior and senior proms, and I went to the winter proms and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I have some real fond memories of, of of my high school days. How did you meet your wife? On a blind date. Uh, anyway, no, that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. How did I meet my wife? Oh, I met my wife. She was dating somebody else, and then when. He left, I just jumped in and took over. So that's how I met my wife. Wow. My wife and I have been married for about, what, 45, 46 years now. Ooh, do you think it's going to take? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Still checking it out? I had a German Shepherd. I told you, right, that my I had a German Shepherd seeing eye dog. And oh. the dog's name was Gail. And about three months later, I met my wife, and her name was the same as my dog. <laughs> no, serious, serious. Oh, her name is Gail. Yeah, my wife's name is Gail. He is Gail. And for a long time, it was very difficult because sometimes, you know, I'd be outside, and I want to show my wife something. So I would say, hey, Gail, come here. And indeed, that wasn't my wife because she never gets that excited when I call. So, <laughs> all good. <laughs> oh, you are too funny. But anyway, that's the star of my life. Pretty good stories. I've had some fun times in school. Uh, I think you were probably giving a lot of fun, too. Well, one, one of the joys, I think, that I was very fortunate that, that I could play the piano because of. Um, you know, when um, when when there were pretty girls walking across the hall, they would tell me, "Run, play the piano," and I would play the piano, and they'd come they'd come by and they sit next to me on the piano bench. Oh, you can play the piano and all that kind of good stuff. So, play me this song or play me that song. That's why I made a made real big hit in high school. You know? Yeah, I bet I bet it was I bet it was a great equalizer for you. It was equalizer. In other words, is uh, it it help it help uh for the side kid to uh, to adapt adopt you into the group. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I want and I wanted to be adopted in a group. Mm -hmm. I never wanted anybody. And you, I mean, you're the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, well, you you don't want people to think that um, because you know we're we're visually impaired that they gotta really treat us any different, you know what I mean? Treat like, you know, like, 
people were saying, oh, did you watch television? I, oh, I, I'm, did I know. you hear? And so, hey, just keep on going. Don't well, stop. I know. Blind people use the word watch and see all the time. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, uh, one of my favorite stories when I was in school, um, I was in a math class, and, you know, math is my one of my strengths. And so I was waiting for the teacher to instruct, but I was looking outside out the window. She, she told the kid, the kid, look, I understand, look at me. Ron can get away with it. Ron can look outside, but rest of you, I want to make sure you are paying attention and look up here on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would always do this to teachers. Is there anybody in my class that's having a little trouble seeing the board now and raise my hand? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. stop it, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see? I knew you were a cut-up. Did you ever get in trouble? Uh, oh, I did ever get in trouble. Yeah, I did several times. But what I, was the worst thing you ever did to get in trouble? Well, you know, uh, I was... I I was honored at a at a dinner one night, and the band teacher said, "You know, w we were very fortunate that I knew that there was always somebody that took Ron Mirshaw from one class, then from another class somebody else would take him to his next class, then there was somebody else that took him to his next class, and I could I I never did worry." about Ron Meester going to class because there was always somebody that took him from one class to the other class. And so we're very honored that this night we, we have Ron Meester in our group. And I want you to know that I was always proud to have it be as one of my students. So they gave me a round of applause. And I went up on stage and I said, you know, I said, Mr. Lum, I'm glad that you feel that you never had to worry because I went from one class because somebody took me to the other class. But what you don't know, Mr. Lum, is sometimes they wouldn't take me to class. And we'd have a blast not going to class. But you never knew that, did you? <laughs> and the class, just the people just laughed and laughed. I said, no, I'm only joking. I always went to class. However, lunchtime because we did we couldn't send the food in the cafeteria mm -hmm. <laughs> we did sometimes sneak out of class and go to different restaurants to have a bite to eat you know because the food in the cafeteria was pretty horrible sounds fair to me you know though it was a vanish for me especially in junior high i got away with this to be on my own running from one class to another class if i was running late then the teacher got on my case i just said fuck i lost there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, then, yes. Taking notes. Here's another famous story, and I think it's true. Um, one day, a gal was on a campus with her guide dog. They were having a fight. They were having the fight. The, the, the girl and her guide dog. She was wanting to go one way. She, they were having a tug of war. She was going the one way, and her dog wanted to go the other way. And the person walked up and said, "May I help you?" She said, "No." 
I'm trying to cut class, but my dog doesn't want to let me go. <laughs> this is a good doggy. That was a good dog. An <laughs> honest dog. Well, anyway, I, I want you to know that I, I enjoyed all the different stories I heard tonight. We're going to play tonight? You want to you want a question? I want to play? You want to play? Yeah. Well, let's start playing. All right. Okay, we'll play. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're, you're a Fibber McGee and Molly fan, right? Uh, well, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, you stay with us on that. What needed no rubbing or buffing? Johnson's wax. All right. Glow coat, no less. <laughs> the, the story, what was it? Yeah, I know they got the green hornet, black beauty. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, there was some other question. Oh, there was. Sure, we've got other questions. Let me see what we got here. Um, okay, we had Portland Hoffa. Who was Portland Hoffa? This is in, in the sidekick. Fred Allen? Yeah. Okay, y'all, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how you stay up, Patricia, man. I could never do what you do. It's now 10 o'clock in Hawaii. It's 1 o'clock where Walden is. And it's 4 a.m. where you are. And and you sound so peppy. She she, she wags her little bunny tail in her ears and she just, she's happy. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know how you can be so happy. Well, you know, I don't think if we did a if we did a true morning show at seven in the morning, I don't think Patricia could get up. So. <laughs> yeah, she probably wouldn't make it. <laughs> Patricia, you ever watched the Today Show on NBC? Uh huh. Huh? Yeah. Well, see, I with Ned Lauer and whatever. Yeah. You do? What? Well, I know what it is. Sure. Oh, are you up at seven in the morning? Um, before I go to bed, sure. <laughs> before you go to bed. Oh, my gosh. I have a 7 or an 8 o'clock appointment. It's before I go to bed. You know, you know that program, Word at Midnight? Say that again? The, the, the episode, Murder at Midnight. Oh, sure. Yeah? Oh, I just was curious. Would you like murder at midnight? Oh, scary, man. You know. I know. I I don't listen to those things. Inner sanctum or especially um, suspense. They scare me. I'm such a wimp. What would you like? Especially if you're home by yourself. You know. Yes, I know. It's really scary. What can I fill a CD with for you? We will fill a CD with um, Richard Diamond, Private Eye. Okay, I did not send you Richard Diamond. Oh. Okay, I sent it to somebody. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't you. Oh no, it wasn't me. Well, Richard oh, Diamond, you will have. Huh? You have a bunch of Richard Diamonds. I have a bunch of Richard Diamonds. Okay, good. Then we'll send Richard Diamond. You know, I I I always admired Dick Powell. Yeah. He could sing, of course. You know and. And he was married to June Allison. And then they got divorced, right? And then when he got sick, um, didn't June Allison go back to him again or something? I think they always were good friends, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I I always enjoyed Dick Powell and, and Richard Diamond. And he always sang at the end of the show, you know? Yeah. 
But the evening's young. The evening. The evening's young. We've only been on for five and a half hours. It's still young. <laughs> yeah, right. And you, and you never got to play one show. I, I'm really impressed. You became very famous tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We're famous every night. And all of a sudden... Oh, wow. What's going to happen tomorrow, Walden? Let's give a preview. It looks like I'm going to be on and at the top of the show. We're going to run an interview that Dick Burrow and Ed Corkin did with Rudy Valley. And then after Michael Beale, I highly recommend this. Uh, Bob Lines had Curly Bradley in studio, who the guy who played Tom Mix. And they tell, he told great stories because he was a country singer. And he told the, the contest they used to have where they rode horses across the country to get promotion for the National Barn Dance Show. Great story. He talked about uh, the time he was Tom Mix and how kids sent away for premiums. Uh, and he gave he gave away, he owned Tony and gave Tony away. There's great stories about this. So it's a three-hour interview, wow. and it's a dynamite, dynamite interview. So we're going to play that tomorrow night. Good. We'll listen to that. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Patricia, do you have a, a CD of nothing but commercials? Yes, I do. You do? No, I'm just as curious. I, I got one, too. I was going to... But since you got one, I was, I won't send you one, but... Um. Oh, okay. No, I, as a matter of fact, I just found a new set, and it, it might be what you're talking about because it came as a set. You got Alka-Seltzer and... Or promo cells or I don't know, all kinds of stuff. And by the way, though, one thing I gotta say, you send me a whole bunch of let's pretend, and you know that those stories are just priceless. Aren't they great? You know, but the Uncle Bill Adams, what a great Ben Jack Grimes and and all these fine actors and actresses. He had Sybil Trent, you know, Marion Wolf, Marion Wolf. Great people, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're enjoying them. That really was a super show. Really a great yeah, choice. It was a very super show. Well, you two super people, I'm going to nod off. I I want you to know that I'll be listening to... Hopefully you'll end up with an old radio show or whatever you're going to play. What were you planning to play before you buzz off? We are going to play to Faber McGee and Molly's. One is called um, Quarantine, which is a follow-up to last week's show. Uh, Faber and Molly and all of the neighbors are quarantined because Teeny has the measles. And then the second show will be the seventh war bond drive where Faber actually hijacks the um, affair and decides that he's going to be the coordinator and director, which is re and it's really a great show. So those are the two we've got picked for tonight. Well, what what year are these shows? The the, the um, first one. The Bond show is 1945. That was May. I don't have the dates. 22nd. May 22nd, 1945, and the first one uh, is March 11th of 41. Yeah. Thanks. No, 41. Uh huh. One is 45. Who decides? What, what do you guys do? How do you quarrel? 
correlate what you're going to play. You talk to each other before, you email each other before the, the Saturday night shows and stuff. Well, I started out by sending Walden a list of shows that I thought would work well for each week. I did it for an entire year. She, ma she made a master grid. Okay. And then... Um, we adjust on the fly. Based during the week. <laughs> yes, on the fly. Okay. <laughs> we are a fly on the wall. Um, but anyhow, the um, Quarantined with the Measles is uh, 1952. Let me see here. 41. Uh, 1941. Holy cats. No wonder I'm out of, I'm out of my league here. I've got 1952 information. I know. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. I've got 1942 information. <laughs> Well, one last comment, and that is, Patricia, I don't know where you got this generous idea of playing trivia. I don't know how long you've been doing this, um, but boy, you know, if I ever met anybody so unselfish in my whole life, it's got to be you, man, because you seem so happy to, to, I mean, the guy couldn't answer the first question, well, let's ask you this one. He couldn't answer the second question, well, let's ask you. I mean, you're so determined to give him a CD. I mean, gee, you know. I'm, I'm determined to get a right answer. Yeah. She is unselfish, though. Really? She is she a is. wonderful human being. Oh, you're so good to me. You're yeah. feeling, making me feel all puffed up here. Ah. Well, well, but I think that, that we really mean what we say. You, oh, you bring, nice. you, well, and your show, the two of you, um, because of your light humor and and uh, you make people feel so comfortable that they look forward to calling you up. The, what's the lady's name, the president of, of the fan club? Lucy is our you know, madam president, yes. She calls and then people like me call and I'm all, I never met, met the two of you in person, but just by talking to you guys on the phone, seems as though we, we've been old friends for a long time. It's true. Know? Well, we have been. We have got this camaraderie going, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I bet that when we do meet each other in person, um, we'll be a, a real happy occasion. But but up till then, until we do meet, seems like we 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 uh, we click very well. So. We do. And because of the two of you, so you make us feel very comfortable. So on that on that great note, I shall say. Aloha, thank you so much, and keep up the good work. Aloha. Thanks, Ron. There he goes. That was Ron from Honolulu. 714-545-2071. We love to have you call. It's been good tonight. 714-545-2071. I have another school story to tell. Oh, boy. On my family. Boy, you know? it's like you had 12 or 15 years of school instead I... you're talking like that. Well, it's the one to be going to my, my mom and my uncle. And I think how, many, how many years um, total do you have years in school? I started when I was three. Um, started early. I only knew five words. And so it was a little scary for my mom. You know, send her boy off to school. Mama, Papa, hot, and... Bye-bye. So I was in school from 3 to 20. I missed probably a whole year because of eye surgery. Pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, and then 
five years in college. So, you know, 22 years, I guess, minimum. That's a lot of years. A lot of years. So that means you have a lot of experiences, and you're also sharing families. So I mean, what's the next story? I think I've told you this one, but it's a great story. My mom uh, was very sick for a while. And so she uh, missed some school. So she went back to school, and her mother wanted to make sure uh, she did not miss her music lessons. So she wrote a note to for the teacher to let, make sure to let my mom go to to, to a music lesson. And with my bro- her brother, my uncle, responsibility to walk her from uh, school to her music uh, license. Well, because my mom is her teacher would refuse to let her out. So she wanted my mom to make up some homework in class. So there's my mom doing some homework and she sees her brother walking back and forth. Back and forth. And my uncle was not a very happy camper. So the next day, <clears throat> it just so happened the elementary school teacher had four flat tires. Oh! <gasps> I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Boy, the worst I could come up with was three kids who played hooky. <laughs> Well, and top this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And also, see, my kid was small school. Can you go into 12th grade with all in the same building? So they all knew each other, you know. I, I was just going to say that didn't leave a whole lot of room for anonymity here. No, especially my poor mom followed my uncle. My uncle, you know, two, three years. <clears throat> so, oh, in the my. in the third grade, you know, my uncle Jim name is Jim. You know what he used to sign his all his papers at? What? Jim the Great. <laughs> <laughs> so my poor mom, when they came to, oh, you are Jim Davis' sister, aren't you? So you know my poor mom couldn't write that down. So anyway, those are some more family stories. Oh, your poor tell. mom. No, you never told me that. <laughs> oh, and she survived all of this. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Well, you know, she, my my mom. Could not play um, cops and robbers, you know, when she was a kid, because her finger was always crooked, so she could never shoot my uncle straight. But she could play tackle football, because they were always short-handed, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, then. Life in a small town. 714-545-2071 is our number. 714-545-2071. 2071. I need to have my, some of my other relatives call in. I think you would get a kick out of them here on the show. I have. I know. Uh, Do they. Is, it's okay. They feel okay about associating with you? Oh, well, I don't know about that. But, uh, Gosh, that's a job. <laughs> I know my, my, my first cousin, Stephanie, lives up in Washington and she's got a couple of kids. And uh, Abby, Abby, Get into old-time radio shows, so we make sure we send her off and stuff. So, oh, yeah. that's good. So, we encourage anybody, if you got kids, nephews, nieces, it's a great thing to show on this legacy of old-time radio. So, you know, give them a show, too. 
Or five. A five. Hundred. You know. And I Whitman think, sampler. Yep. I'll put together a Whitman sampler. There you go. That might be a great prize. A Whitman sampler for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are shows that you might want a, 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 a child or a kid or a teenager to get hooked on old-time radio. Sure. I really think, personally, that's why, everybody, I feel very good about the future of the hobby. Because of the internet, it's allowed kids to multitask, surf, and do things, and they come across old-time radio, they might have it on the background. And I think really that's probably explaining why the boom of the hobby. So, I feel good about it. 714-545-2071. I have my cake recipes. Actually, I have some ads. Ooh, ooh, I've got this whole pile of advertising that I pulled down. Um, how did I get away with 1952? Why did I think 1950? Because we were going to play a show in 1952 that was on your file, your research file. Oh. And when you said, hey, you know, we haven't played the one from last week yet. I'm vindicated. Thanks. Hello there, Carl. You're on with the vindicated Patricia. <laughs> Okay, this is Cassie Zagel, New Rochelle, New York. Cassie, hey. what are you doing up at this hour? I'm listening all to these wonderful people giving their stories, calling up. Wonderful, wonderful. Fun stuff. Do you have some school? Good stuff, I'm telling you, good stuff. Good stuff? What? Yes, when they call up and they give you their uh, this wonderful information of... Uh, when they were uh, in school and so forth and so on. Uh-huh. Do you remember... It reminded me, because this, this is my favorite time of the year, when they when the kids go back to school around Labor Day. And uh, it reminds me of my first day in first grade. I wasn't six years old, so the principal had to decide if I, if I should go... The kindergarten or the first grade, because I wasn't going to turn six until New Year's, 1951. Ah, okay. 52, okay? So here I am. My mother brought me up correctly. We practiced and practiced. I was able to write my name on the board with chalk, my address, my telephone number. So that's what got me into the first grade when all the other kids were older than me about at least a year older. They were all six years old, and I was the young one, five years old. Ah. And what reminds me of that first day, you know, there were kids in the classroom that, uh, you know, they were sniffling and crying, you know, they were scared because it, it was their first day, even in the first grade. Yeah. Okay. And then it reminded me the same noises that I heard in that first grade class, at the end of the first day at Parasol in South Carolina, 13 years later, when I was 18 and a half, in August of 1964, was the first day of boot camp down there. At the end of the night, when the uh, drill instructor, it was a rough day, very rough day. I heard the same sniffles and the same crybabies crying. You hardly could go to sleep wishing they were home. Oh, gosh. Some of them calling out for their mommies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so nothing, things never change. They never change. When I was five years old, 
12 years old, I remember they would be crying because they, they wanted to, their mommies, they were scared and so forth. And the same thing, you know, 13 years later, I heard the same uh, sniffles and crying and wondering, what am I doing here? That brought back memories. Yeah. So in first yeah, that, you, were, you look, were one of the... Times never change in life. There's always something. And of course, it's my favorite time of the year because I know that it's going to get a little cooler. Like I said, I like the fall. I like the uh, spring. I don't necessarily like the winter, and I hate the summer. Yeah. Summer is hard on you. Yeah. Especially with the diabetes, you know. Wow. Yeah. So when you were in first grade... You were one of the brave kids who couldn't understand why everybody was crying? Yeah, well, mother prepared me, and I was like the youngest in the classroom. Yeah. I can still remember we had a couple of the kids that, you know, had polio, and they wore those special braces. Uh-huh. And uh, we didn't have any any kids that were sightless. We had a, uh, a girl that uh, was a little bit of a deaf mute, not much. You could hear a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and a couple of polio kids. Uh-huh. But uh, but I remember these brothers, they were crying all day. And I got upset thinking, what am I doing here? And the same, it's like history repeated itself approximately 13 years later at Parasol in South Carolina. And that first night after, you know, the... Uh, indoctrination into Marine Corps boot camp, you know, the cutting of the hair, getting this, getting that, all kinds of, uh, you name it. And, uh, and it was like, uh, they strip you down and everything. It was like your horror story. And that night, the realization, what am I doing here? And I heard the same kind of sniffles and I wish I wasn't here. This, and, uh, mommy, or they would call out mommy. Oh, my and these, these are guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old calling for mommy. Oh, my goodness. They were no different than in the first grade. And I, that was the last year in the uh, public schools in New York. They used to have it. I ended up in the high chair with the dunce cap. Oh, what? I wore it after I got out of the first grade. What did you couldn't do? couldn't do that no more. It must have been some sort of... Uh, judges, somebody ruled against it, but I got a court and had to sit on the high chair with the dunce cap. What, what did you get? It was the last year in 1951. Casey, what did you get caught at? What were you doing? Oh, I, 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 I've always made that mistake. All my life, talking out of turn. Oh. I never grew out of that. Oh, dear. That'll do it. Oh, yes. And the, the first grade teacher we had she had, uh, her and the principal, they would punch you in the chest with one, you know, the, the one finger, and it was like putting a boulder in your chest. Wow. They would dress up in the 1890s uh, black long dress with these uh, shoes like they were laced up, like you were in a different century, you know? Here it's 1951, and they were dressing up like it was 1890-something. Boy, they were scary, the two of them. <laughs> but they lived way past 100. My mother used to visit them. 
They've lived way past 100 years of age from the old school. I guess. It was something else. That's amazing. Yes, yes, but it's how life is. You always understand that things in life repeat itself. Uh-huh. You know, things that happened years ago all of a sudden repeat themselves at some future date. And so since we're talking about school stories, I says this is, this is always gets to me every year. Yeah. How it was, you know. Wow. Are you going to yeah. play a game with us tonight? Huh? Are you going to play trivia with us tonight? Well, I don't know. It looks like everybody was answering the questions. I don't know. I was thinking of, uh, what was it? Uh, everybody seemed to answer. I had a couple of answers. And then the the one about Rochester. Uh-huh. I think, I think he asked yeah, about I asked Rochester. Yeah, I asked him, Rochester Eddie Rochester Anderson. That's who I can remember. Yeah, that's, that's his real name. But what do you think is Rochester? Real name. Huh? What do you think is Rochester stage name? No, I, I didn't know his okay. stage name. No. Okay. That's All the right. only thing I could think of. Okay. I didn't even know that he had a full name either. Yeah, Eddie Rochester uh, Anderson. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I have a question for you. Are you ready? Okay, get yeah, shoot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, Walden says that as Rochester, he had a full name. Eddie Anderson was the person who played Rochester, but he's looking for Rochester's entire name. And I didn't know he had one. Aww. So you and I are in the same boat. But Patricia got, uh, yeah. Patricia got a question for you here. I have a question okay. for you. Okay, we're in sidekicks, okay? We're um, with associates. I want to know who Dr. Watson palled around with. With Sherlock Holmes. There you go. go. <laughs> That's the answer I'm looking for. Okay, very good. <laughs> it's so casual about this. Oh, you know, you're just like Roger Marx, and uh, you bet your life, you know, when nobody could answer the question, he'd make it easy. Who's who's married in Grant's tomb? And they'd think, uh, you know, President Grant. You got it right, you know, when they weren't doing too good with the regular questions. Casey, well, this was on my list. I, I have a whole list here that I'm looking at, and that was one of the questions on my list. I keep telling people they're only easy if you know the answers. Well, you don't know everything, you know. Well, you're working on it. What can I send you? Oh, no, no, no. What can I send you on a CD? Huh? What can I send you? Oh, let me see. What could you send me? I don't know. What would you like? We have a surprise. You want a surprise? Right, right, right. I don't pick it. You pick it. I will pick it. Do you have a preference like comedy or detectives or what? Do you have a preference? Not really, not really. Okay, so like I'm, is a- my call, I'm slowly building the collection here. <laughs> okay. Building the collection. I will put together a surprise package. Right, that's it, exactly. Okay, I will do that. A lot of people called up tonight. It's wonderful listening yeah. to everybody in all walks of life. Oh, it's great fun. And we learn a lot about uh, your partner there, man, you know? 
Yep, I got another story to tell after what we uh, uh, in a little while. I think Patricia will get a kick out of this one. Oh yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. I love listening not only to your stories, but the people that call yeah. up. Yeah. The president of the club, everybody. <laughs> oh, Adam one president. big happy family. Mm-hmm. We all learn from each other. That's true. We do have a happy. Come from family. different walks of life and have different experiences. And uh, it's interesting. It's and fascinating. we want new callers to join the family. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I wish more people would do. I don't know. They're like hesitant to call in new callers. Well, I think tonight has been tough. Everybody, everybody calling. So it it, it it's a tough night to get in. Yeah, no, yo, forget about it. Yeah, I waited like two and a half hours here trying to get in. It was a little opening. I figured the, the later it gets, the easier it is to get in. If you try to get in early on the show, you're dead meat. One after the other. As soon as you're ready to start dialing, forget about it. Somebody's there. Yeah. I really enjoy everybody calling. I'm so glad to From their experiences and their different walks of life, it's nice. It's very comfortable hearing them. It's yes, true. It, it's a lot of fun to know where people came you from. You find and out so much about uh, Walden's uh, life. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. Good. You can't blackmail them and get CDs. You know, <laughs> yeah, we can't blackmail them and get some CDs. I told him I'm taking yeah. notes. Well, I got I got a goodie for her. She'll definitely want to write this one down. Very good, very good. So let me leave you. All right, Casey. Listen to more, and thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Casey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. All right, Patricia, you got one for your notes. I got my notebook out. <clears throat> I told you I started. Oh, I, he clears his big one. It's a big one. I'm saved. <laughs> Hello there, Carl. You're on with Patricia. One quick answer. You do? It was Rochester Van Jones. Correct, Ron. Aloha. Aloha. You're a smart cookie. Bless his heart. I do remember having heard it now, but I never would have pulled that out of the air. Ron, you're miracle stuff. You're absolutely good. Never would never would have done that. All right, but my dear. I went to school at age three years old. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Guess what I did in the sandbox one day? Oh, I don't... I won't tell you what just came into my head. Well, it's probably true. Oh, no. Oh, no. What did you do in the sandbox? I took my clothes off. <laughs> Why did you... I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I just been told that. So, seven one four five four five two zero seven one. We are in the can you top this? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can top taking all your clothes off, I don't think we should hear about it on a family show. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Well, it'd be interesting if somebody can top it, top, top it with another clean story. That'd be nice. Mm-mm. Okay, well, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting better here. Jesus, all I had was three kids playing hooky, and it wasn't even me. It's still a great story. I wasn't even one of them. I know, but you waited at them when they went by, or else you felt, you felt pity for them. 
Hello there, Carl. You're on with Patricia. Hi, it's my first time calling, and um, I'm on my computer, listening oh. on my computer. Well, hi. Where are you calling from, and who are we talking with? Oh, hi. My name is Connie. I think I have to. Uh, I don't. Have, I don't know if I'm getting feedback or not. Are you getting feedback from me? It sounds I'm good. Not, but if your computer is on, uh, are you talking to us via the computer, like with a magic jack? Oh, oh, not with. No, not. I'm on my cell phone. Oh, okay. I'll, if I'll your computer the sound is down. in the background, you're going to get feedback. Okay. Uh, I. Uh, and what are you calling? Was it, I wasn't sure what was happening. Were you telling stories about things that happened to you in school? Uh-huh. Yes, we are. What kind of memories do you have? Good ones, bad ones, going back to school? I thought it would be a neat topic tonight because it's go-to-school time. Right. You're, you're right. I was just tell, talking to my grand. I'm calling from Seattle, by the way. Oh, good. And um, I was talking to my granddaughter today, telling her some things that happened to me. And so I'll just pass it on to you. Um it was a long time before I knew what the color guard was in school because in, when I was in school, when we had uh, assemblies, they sent, they lined up these, basically it was boys, uh, carrying the flag and honoring the, honoring the flag. So there was a Japanese, a Chinese, a black, a uh, white, sometimes Filipino. And so I always thought the color guard were the colored people that guarded the flags. Oh, I, my goodness. I didn't, I didn't know till many, many years later that the colors were the colors of the flag. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. But, you know, it makes sense. Uh, it just, you know, you talk about a color guard, especially when you had the United Nations in your school. Yeah, we did. We did, right. Because we're on the Pacific, you know, Seattle's Pacific Coast, and so there were a lot of mixed races. Not no, mixed races, but a lot of races, especially from Asia. Uh-huh. Well, my gosh, that would be a natural conclusion. How old were you when you first heard the term? Um, when I first realized, I was probably in my 40s. But all through school, we just said this was the color guard. So they all lined up uh-huh. and walked to the assembly, you know, walked through the, through the auditorium to the assembly. So I always thought that was the color guard. Well, my gosh. Um, when, when you've heard the term for the first time, when you heard the word color guard how old were you when that happened oh uh in my 40s i have when i realized what it was i was in my 40s okay but when you first heard it in school yeah oh i was uh probably seven seven or eight Uh, well so that's really early my goodness why wouldn't you think of something like that (laughs) and i I was listening to somebody about when he went into school and he was six years old and I went into school, I think, when I was seven, and they had, like, grades 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, so I think I went to school in January, uh-huh. and being seven years old, and I do remember people coming over, children coming over to my house, and then on the back porch, they would be reading, and I thought, I'll never, ever be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. It made no sense to me. Those kids reading those books made no sense at all. But, you know, it eventually happens, and you do. Yeah. When you're a little kid, everything is foreign. Yeah, it was. It was. That's amazing. How did you find us? I was looking for old-time radio this afternoon, and, uh, golly, on this computer, there's just so many. And I found the word yesterday, USA Radio. And here we are. Right. That's right. And I was doing some writing on the computer, and then I put, put, put you on in the background, 
and oh my goodness, those, such interesting, interesting stories, people talking about the man who was blind. My father was blind, and when he brought his guide dog home, I think I was maybe about 10, and I thought, oh, goody, we have a pup, we have a puppy, we have a dog. And, um, we picked him up at the airport, got home. My mom parked the car. I got out of the car, and I ran with this dog thinking that it was my dog, it was my dad's dog, and the dog was so confused. I mean, I learned later what you're can, what you supposed to do and not do, and I brought this dog home and uh, fixed him some food. I put a t- tablespoon of food on a plate, I think it was, because that's what my cat ate, not understanding, you know, that this dog is going to go... <laughs> Like that, yes, yes. <laughs> it was gone. And I remember my dad later telling me, "This is what you do when you walk with the dog. This is what you do when the dog is on the job." Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> then you use the halter. <laughs> on the job, that's really interesting. Wait, I, I'm going to ask you again. How old were you? Do you recall about how old you were when when your father got the guide dog? I, was, I think I was ten. So again, why wouldn't you think it was your dog? <laughs> <laughs> I was just so happy we had this dog. The dog was really a wonderful dog. He he was walking to a, a place called the Center for the Blind that we had in Seattle in those days, and and a man hit him. You know, he was looking the wrong way, looking for an address or something, and he hit my dad. And so my dad was down, and then the dog uh, was a little bit... Uh, confused at what he should do, and a Navy man or sailor came by and took a hold of the halter, and the dog walked him right to the blind center, and the people knew right away something had happened to my dad. Wow. It makes me cry just thinking about it. Yes, what a protective, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah, that's right, that's right. My, my dad was Filipino, and the men, the people down in um, San Rafael, I think it was, thought he was Chinese, and uh, they named his dog Wu. So we had a dog named Wu. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> You've got some great stories here. It's fun. It was growing up in Seattle. Seattle is a place that has old-time radio with the um, radio enthusiasts of Puget Sound. Reps, are you familiar with that group? No, I didn't, but I have to write that down. Walden will help with the correct address because I always get it messed well, up. Well, here's the website, www.repeatandpaulsonline.org. And it's an old-time radio club based in Seattle. How about R-E-S-P- R-E-P-S. Yeah. Radio enthusiasts of Puget Sound. R-E-P-S. Online, O N L I N E dot O R G. Okay, I'll certainly look that up. I I uh, was fascinated by the things that people were talking about, what they remembered before, and uh, what, what I used to do when I put my computer on sometimes was just run it uh, all night, and I fall asleep just listening to it, and I get go from. Um, the humor or the comedy into some of the scary stuff and then if I happen to wake up during the scary stuff I had to go turn it off because I didn't like it. See another one. Oh thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I am such a wimp when it comes to the scary stuff. Oh give me a comedy or a detective. I love it, but oh my yeah. goodness, you turn me into right. suspense or something like that. I'm a basket case. Do you ever run things like I love a mystery? Yes. 
Oh, I, have no, I haven't heard that on anything that I've heard on computer at all. But I, I remember it as a kid. I love a mystery, and let's pretend. I used to ask my mom, why can't we go see that? I just wanted to go see that. I thought that it was going to be like on stage uh, because it was so real real to me, the less yes. that pretend stories. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have both of those shows in my files. Would it be okay if I sent them to you? Oh, my goodness. I would love it. I'm out of mystery, and let's pretend. I have said, let's do I have to answer a question? Well, because you're a new caller, you automatically get one. And hmm. if you can answer a question, you get a second one. <laughs> is this too cool or what? It's just wonderful. This is, this is really cool. Okay. Um, what is your favorite old-time radio show? I, well, what I mentioned was the uh, Let's Pretend and um, okay. Love a Mystery. Those are the ones I like. And I Love a Mystery. Okay. Um, on I Love a Mystery, give me one of the names of the three detectives. Oh, my gosh. Jack, Doc, and Reggie. Oh, gosh. You got it. <laughs> this is good. You know, once in a while, somebody will say, oh, this is my favorite show, and I'll ask a question, and it's like, wait, um, I know that. Just a minute. <laughs> you didn't waste a minute on that. Um, I can fit, I'm sure, I can fit I Love a Mystery and Let's Pretend on one CD. Mm -hmm. So if you tell me another show that you like, I will do that, too. Well, I do like some of the... Uh, is Green Hornet one of those? Yeah. Oh, and I like the Green Hornet, and I liked... I think it was the Phantom. I'm kind of old now, so sometimes I can't remember some of those things. I remember uh, sitting, leaning on a hassock, um, doing my homework and listening to this old Philco radio that I had stations marked with uh, um, fingernail polish. Oh, my goodness. So I know exactly where it was. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a great idea, too. <laughs> <laughs> All over. I do not have The Phantom. I did not know that The Phantom was a radio show. Walden, do you know if there's anything circulating? Uh, I don't think so. It might have been a local show. That's why oh, it, might... oh, it was probably The Shadow. The, the Shadow. Shadow. Oh, shadow, sure. I've got The Shadow. Yes. Yeah, the shadow. Yeah, that was it. That's what I said. I'm getting kind of old, so I don't always remember my How remember those things. Between the Phantom and the Shadow, my goodness, you know they both. Are. <laughs> well, make make good logical sense to me. Uh, <laughs> makes sense to me. Oh, this is really cool. I am just so glad that you called. What kinds of questions do you have for us? Well, this is just the first time I've I've listened to you, and the first time I've ever been on a radio program. Or, wow. And uh, I just, I don't know your names. I don't know where you're located. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, good. I can give you the whole spiel here. I am Patricia. Mm -hmm. My sidekick, or I'm his sidekick, is Walden. She, she Walden. Might, she, she, she's the one that runs the show. I just hear her. No. Oh, Walden. <laughs> okay. Walden's got all of the controls. I can just talk. I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> Walden Hughes is in California. I am in Florida. The oh my goodness! Is in Texas, and you are in Seattle. Right, right. Now, if you ask me how this is done, I'm going to have to defer <laughs> because <laughs> I don't have a clue. But Walden and I are on together every Saturday night, um, mm -hmm. and we usually get to play at least one Fibber McGee and Molly show. But tonight we've just had such a wonderful um, group of people calling. We 
haven't even gotten to his show yet. But um, <laughs> we're here every Saturday. Okay. Okay. And then the rest of the week is um, old-time radio shows. We have a whole group of volunteer DJs who do who pre-record their shows. They'll give some introductions, give some information about the shows, and you'll hear the old-time radio shows. Mm-hmm. And then during the week at 10.30 to midnight for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there's a live show. Eastern time. She'll be 7.30. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I, I keep forgetting. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. So it'll be 7.30 my time. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And that would be a live show. So we're here all the time. It, it's just Walden and I are here on Saturday nights, and we were lucky enough that you found us. Boy, I am lucky. So we, oh, we're the lucky ones. I'm so delighted <laughs> that you did find us. So we need you to, we need a little help. We need you to send Patricia an email with your address. I'll do that. So I know where I can send this. My my address is Florida Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R, Florida Writer, at Hotmail.com. Okay, Florida Writer at Hotmail.com. That's me. Okay. And if you help me with an address, I will get some CDs off to you. Oh, that would be great. I'd appreciate that. Well, I'm just so delighted that you found us, Connie. This is super. I'll be I'll be on. I'll be listening next Saturday and from now on. Excellent. And do check out Reps because they've got some fun stuff on their website. And uh, it might be a group you'd be interested in contacting. I think I'll do that. Okay, Connie. Thanks so much. You have a great night. Okay. Thanks, Patricia. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Ah, that's terrific. Wonderful. We have a new family member. That's true. This is very excellent. Okay. So, did we, were we into another story, or should I do some other <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I, I'm taking notes. I know. <laughs> All right. I, it's time for Patricia to tell a story. Does Patricia have any more stories? No, I don't have any more stories. Oh, okay. I, I led such a sheltered life. I just can't believe some of the stories you people are telling. <laughs> I, I never did that. No, what, I didn't what, do that either. Wasn't that what? Some of those stories tonight were wonderful, weren't they? Oh, my goodness. Well, falling off. <laughs> oh, I bet we have another good story. Hello there. You're on with Patricia. Well, I don't know how good they are, but there's Buku's up. <laughs> Hello. Who are we talking with? Not for tonight, though. I won't do that. Oh, well, how are you doing anyway down there in North Carolina? Well, I'm... Oh, this is... Oh, oh hi there. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't recognize your voice right away. How are you doing? All right, I guess. As we say here, I'm wild, woolly, and full of fleas. <laughs> okay, well, um, in that case, you can't come to visit. Okay. That <laughs> sounds fair to me. Um, Walden might recapitulate, but... Um, Fleas are a problem for me, almost. <laughs> oh. So, are you going to be uh, telling us some school stories? Just a couple. Okay. I went, I went to school in Raleigh, North Carolina, State School, and Walden might be aware of this. But anyway, we had a lot of the high schools around the state would send, in the spring, they would send school groups to visit the school and They'd get a little talk and all this stuff, you know, in the auditorium. And they'd come on, um, usually had trailway-type buses that they would bring them on. But they would ask some of the stupidest questions. (laughs) 
And you get kind of sick of it after a while, but it's nothing but pure ignorance, I guess. But one of the questions was, how do you sleep? How do you sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of a nutty question is that? Well, we were all blind, so well, I understand we couldn't that, but... do anything. Uh, okay, how do you sleep? Well, I got sick of it. So I started telling them, well, we sleep in a bed like anybody else, but they have these big um, staples in the wall, and they chain us to the, in, in bed at night because they're afraid we'll get up wander off and get lost. Oh, Harwood, you didn't. I did, too. Oh, my gosh. But my main claim to fame was the question, how do you eat? Uh, and this one I invented. I even had one to show them. I said, you use an eating string. <laughs> oh, well, what's an eating string? Well, you take it out and show them. Well, I took a piece of cord and tied a noose-type knot in it so it would slide and look a little better than just ordinary old slip knot. And you take this thing and you put it over your head and hook it over your ears and pull the knot up against your chin. <laughs> And I would show them you hold a string down at the edge of the plate and you run the spoon or fork up and down the string through your mouth. Oh, no. Yeah, and and if you go out a lot now, you even have formal ones that you can have in black or white or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. And you called it an eating string? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And they believe this stuff. I love it. Oh, my God, what a piece of creativity. Oh, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff. Some of it I couldn't even tell. But anyway. That bad, huh? Or that good? Yeah. And, you know, another thing that just cracks me up. People believe that all blind people count steps. They never stop to think about the logistics of that. They would have to have a heck of a computer. <laughs> Keep up with that crap. They watch too many movies is a problem. And I mean, it just drives me berserk when somebody starts talking about that. Because it can't be done. No. Do you now, I, don't, I don't mean you can't count steps, but you just think about keeping up with that. 